What's up, guys? Thank you for joining us on the Weekly Sit-Down Podcast. This is the kind of show you throw on if you just want some company or to feel like you're hanging out with someone. We mostly feature successful entrepreneurs, but in the end, everyone has a story to tell, and we can all learn from others' experiences, no matter who they are. Solar Week. It's not Vivint Week. It's Solar Week. Yesterday, I had um, two guys from Vivint, that Smart Home on. You never met them. Okay. Because I, I went back and I worked for Smart Home for a little while. Okay. And uh, these guys worked there. They're brothers. And uh, today, we have Kenny Lee, legendary. I used to be. No, you're legendary. You don't... You don't I'll never forget you, you know? Well, you, thank you, you very much. You're, uh, you know, one of a kind. I would agree with that. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. So I used to work with Kenny when I worked for Vivint Solar, probably like I guess a year ago. Maybe was when I left. Sounds about there. right. Yeah, and yeah. So how's it going? Yeah, um, it's going very well. You know, I'm still in the solar industry, just with another competitor. Um, it's, you know. it's you flipped. I flipped, yes. I and never thought you would because they've tried to get you to flip before. Uh, yes. You know, I, uh, a lot of people are surprised I left, and uh, I was kind of surprised myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tough uh, to make the decision to go, even though I knew it was probably a, a good idea for me to go and kind of recharge my solar battery, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, Get in the sun. Yes, but it was been pointed out to me uh, that I might have uh, job uh, separation anxiety. <laughs> That's why I couldn't leave. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I don't know. It's who t- told you that? Like a therapist? I, no, a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows me pretty well. Uh, and uh, you know, it's I don't like change. You know, you know, underwear, socks. Hey, yeah, I'll change those. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, in general, I like things mm. the way they are, and I like uh, um, familiarity, comfort, continuity, and you know, life certainly isn't that way. No, and I try and you know, I want to hold on to yeah. certain things, whatever they may be. And you know, Viv and I liked, and you know, they gave me an opportunity. Um, you wanted to make it work. I wanted to make it work, right? Yeah. And you know, I had success in it, and I didn't. Then I, you know, I wasn't doing as well. And, you know, I felt that uh, out of loyalty to Vivint, uh, if I was going to turn it around, I wanted to turn it around for Vivint. And then, hey, once I got back to, okay, yeah, I'm back where I should be, now let me explore something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it just came to a point where um, I thought, hey, listen, you know, (laughs) I need to recharge again. And, you know, it was just time to make the move. 
How, did they approach you or you just were, went shopping? Uh, no. Well, I knew if I was going to go uh, somewhere, I was. I knew where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have friends, as you do in the industry, mm-hmm. and certainly um, you want to uh, go where to other successful companies and other companies. Familiar faces, too. Familiar faces is big. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I chose, uh, I approached um, the other company months ago. And you don't want to say it? No, no, I don't know. <laughs> the other being shady. The everyone, other company. Knows, everyone knows. <laughs> I've had uh, Johnny on a bunch of times. Okay. I've had Paul on. Okay. You know, so yeah. I went to <laughs> Solar. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I called our mutual friend Danae, you know, months ago and kind of broached about, hey, how the opportunity was, how they were doing over there. Because I had been hearing good things. And she was encouraging, hey, you know, it's a, it might be a very good opportunity for you. You know, the style of what they offer me in terms of a job itself is more suited uh, to my particular skill. You know, I'm much better in the house than getting in the house. Oh, so you're like, you're traditional or are you... You know what? They've got like a hundred different names for Outreach, these jobs there. I have no idea which one I am. Or it's, direct. <laughs> I think it's a direct thing. Direct. I worked for Trini for a little bit too. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I had that go? For a little while. I ended up, I was there and then I got this new job. Oh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> so, uh, but it's cool. No, it's, it depends what you're doing. If you're working, you're not going to do outreach. That's where you only knock. Right. You don't get in the house. Um, or you, you could get in the house. You don't present to anyone. Mm. Or you do direct where you could knock if you wanted to, but right. you also just close. And then there's traditional where you just close. All right. I'm I'm the direct where it's, uh, you know, the preset appointments and then in between, hey, I can do the knocking, which I think is is better suited for me at this juncture. I mean, I'm better in the house than getting in the house. Yeah. yeah. You know, unless you're not home, I'll go through a back window and I can get in the house. <laughs> being from Brooklyn and all. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, you're from Brooklyn. I forgot. So, um, uh, but, you know, I'm much better in the house than getting in. But so this affords me the opportunity to uh, utilize my strong suit, which is in the house. Mm-hmm. And then in the between time, knocking on the doors. and Yeah, when you have a little extra time. But right. I mean, Paul said the same thing to me and he doesn't knock ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I he has so many appointments. Well, ideally, that's, that's you what know? you want to get yeah, to. I you mean, don't want to knock. That's yeah. correct. I mean, obviously, you know, you make better hay by... Uh, doing your own knocking and getting in yeah, as opposed to how they have it structured. There's a kind of a little, you know, downturn in what they pay because someone else teed it up for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, if you're, you know, got a whole boatload of them, good quality appointments running and you can make a good living off it. Hey, can't go wrong. Who wants to <laughs> knock on a door in five degree weather? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants their door knocked on in five <laughs> degree weather. I could tell you that. Yeah. They, they were saying yesterday, um, they, they, before they came here, they knocked their last door and it was a little dark out. And they just said, right, the guy just opened his door and said, get the fuck out of here. Like, Oops. <laughs> right away. Well, you <laughs> before know, the, you say anything. The dynamic of people is very interesting in the winter and the summer. And, you know, you can knock on a door 830 at night in July and it's no biggie. Mm-hmm. And, but that, you know. No, but come in. We got a barbecue going. Something, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, uh, but once the time changes and once it's dark at 430, you know, you knock at 515. What are you doing here so late? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what do you want from me? I was here at one o'clock. You were working. Pfft. Yeah. If you'd have been home at one o'clock, I wouldn't have to come here so late. <laughs> and it's not even late. It's five fifteen. Yeah. You know? Yankee game didn't start yet. That's right. <laughs> well, you know? And the mindset is just different, you know. And people uh, are more mad in the winter in general. Just well, that's it's cold. Right. That's correct. It's cold. The days are shorter, and it's miserable. Mm-hmm. And you know that they take that out on us. <laughs> yeah. And even the dynamic of you know people in summer. You know, you might not get in, but they're like, oh, you know, uh, can I get you a bottle of water? You want to cool off for a second? In the winter, have I ever gotten in four years one cup of cocoa? No. It's like they won't even open the door. (laughs) Those days are over, I'm telling you. A woman says to me the other day, oh, it's too cold for you to be out there knocking. And I said, so let me in, and let me tell you how what we're doing out here. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she was scared. Scared of what? You're you're intimidating man. I am Kenny, the, your friendly neighborhood <laughs> solar guy. There's nothing to be afraid of. No, no. Well, we won't see you knocking anymore. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, eventually. I mean, again, I like knocking to a very small degree. Yeah. And, you know, it's also, obviously, it's more conducive in the spring, in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, when being outside is a pleasure. It's much tougher in the winter, you know, yeah. in my age, you know, it's not, listen, it's not my fault I'm 55, but it's certainly my fault I'm fat. <laughs> and <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's, it, it wears on you a little bit. I mean, if I had the, you know, I tell these young kids, I said, listen, man. If I had the vigor at this age that I had when I was your age, I'd kill at this job. Yeah. I mean, I had and boundless energy as a young when I was a young man, and I worked long hours at a hard job for low pay. Mm-hmm. But it's a job I loved, but I had endless energy. I mean, it could have been from the Lucky Charms. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just don't have that stamina anymore. And if I did, I would certainly kill it a lot more at this job and that's why I try to impress on the young kids you know do it man while you've got the energy you know who knows how long we're going to be able to ride the solar gravy train well you I saw you eating fruit you know I see you eating salads too yeah because you didn't offer me a Snickers bar you offered me fruit (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I mean, you're like, yeah, I'll take some strawberries. You know? Well, it's because what you offered me. You didn't say, yeah. I mean, I'm looking over here. You got a whole rack of candy there. You got some crackers. I see a, a Dr. Brown's uh, uh, green root beer. Is that root beer? And you know I'm Jewish, so you got to know I'm going to have that. Like Dr. Brown's, but you didn't offer it to me. I got water. Hey, what do you mean? I, I mean, I try to give you an espresso. You're an Italian household now. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? It's too. I like you know. I, it's too late for me to drink coffee. I would never get to bed. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got you. So like George Costanza. Nah, coffee keeps me up. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up. I love Seinfeld. I've seen every episode. You know what? It, the, the thing about that show is, you watch it, and you know what? A show is great is when you've seen it a hundred times. And you know the line is coming, and whichever character it is says the line, and you still laugh at it. Yeah, Seinfeld, the, the Odd Couple, All in the Family. You know these are great shows. Timeless. That right, and then again, you can see him countless times, and you know the line is coming, and it's still funny. Yeah, I I used to always try and do like my uh, Kramer impression. Like coming in a room and breaking the door open and like, oh, like you know, like when he comes in, I used to love doing that. And, you know, like uh, Steve Urkel too. I used to love him too. I, I know who he is, but I never really oh, caught on to that show. Family Matters. Wow. It was, uh, you know, uh, I was watching whatever else was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so we got right into Solar real quick, but I kind of want to get into like who you are. You know, I know you have a lot of really crazy stories that you've told before, but I want to just kind of like what what's your background? What was before Solar? What was going on? Uh, well, before Solar, I actually worked uh, about a, ten years or so for Yellow Book, mm-hmm. and I sold uh, advertising in the Yellow Pages. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they the company morphed a little bit more into digital media. But when I started, uh, the bread and butter was still that Yellow Pages. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, uh, you know, a Yellow Book. You know, they uh, it was a great job. They really, they I'll never have anything bad to say about them. They gave me an opportunity when I needed it most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end, uh, you know, they were downsizing, and you know, people getting canned left and right. And you know, my numbers were extremely good, and. Um, they let me they had been letting people go the last year previous couple of years holiday time christmas thanksgiving the day before they were letting people go and i thought that was pretty shameful yeah i mean how do you fire somebody listen you know let them enjoy mm-hmm. the holiday can them after the new year mm-hmm. you know maybe were, they were thinking like if i fire them now so like new year like new me and like fresh start uh, i you don't know? know about that some kind of spin to put on <laughs> i don't know i mean no, there's never a good time to get fired from a job there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. but you know right before the holidays is tough and with me they fired me the day before christmas I know. I I figured. Well, I I guess they figured. Well, let's fire the Jew. (laughs) He'll never care that it's before Christmas. Damn. (laughs) Right. He won't be. Oh, he'll be fine with this. (laughs) (laughs) Hanukkah's over. Let's get rid of that. So you know that was the only downside. You know, I was doing. I had expected that I was going to be out of there soon, but I figured I'd last till the spring because I was over a hundred percent to productivity and all that, expecting thousands of dollars in bonus money, which yeah. I didn't get. <laughs> and uh no no uh severance package? Nothing. 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 Wow, what the and how long you were there for ten About years? About ten years. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You know, just uh, I mean they went out of business, right? Yellow pages. No, they're still in they they rebranded that they rebranded the company name to Haibu, whatever that means, H I B U. We never figured out what the Haibu meant. Mm. And um, they are still in business doing. I still have friends who work for that for them, and the books are still in existence. I mean, they're on their way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my buddy who works there still still does well in the books with certain industries. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's the older generation, older older, mm-hmm. that still uses the directory. You know, it's they're not going to the internet to find the plumber. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're using their old standby. You know, the yellow pages. Oh, it's right there. Well, yellowpages.com is still a website. Uh, so yeah. they got bought out or... Well, Yellow Pages was not... Yellow Book and Yellow Pages oh. were two different things. Okay. Okay. Yellow Pages is the actual product. Yellow Book was the company. Like you had okay. Verizon Yellow Pages and you had Yellow Book Yellow Pages. Got you. So yellowpages.com was... Uh, AT&T, I believe, and Super Pages was Verizon. Mm-hmm. And then you, you had yellowbook.com, oh, okay. bringing up the field. Yeah. So, oh. oh, you hear my dog? I I was wondering, <laughs> is that your He dog? goes crazy. He There's a little dog that lives behind us, and he goes crazy because it's like a basset hound, and they just cl- run up the fence and try and eat each other, basically. <laughs> but they never get to each other. Um, all right, so you, so Yellow Book hand you. <laughs> then in <what>? a word <laughs> and, and, but you know i had actually been working for vivin at the same time oh because i knew the end was coming mm-hmm. and the structure of the yellow uh, page job and uh vivin 
gave me the opportunity to do both because I'm doing, you know, businesses close four or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. People get home four or five o'clock. Yeah. So I could work with the yellow page job for a bunch of hours, fulfill my obligation to them, make some money, and then, you know, go from my yellow shirt to my orange shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and go from knocking on, you know, yeah. walking into a business to knocking on a door. One shirt to another. Yeah, it's an easy transition. Right. It's, like, it's like Superman in the booth, you yeah. know, Clark Kent, and I'm coming out uh, Superman. Yeah, yeah. W- have you always lifetime been into sales, like your first jobs or um, No. Uh, I mean, I spent a, uh, a, the bulk of my life working with horses. And that's why. That's right. And that's why I'm in the poopy shape I'm in now. Poopy. But, <laughs> Um, I would think no. There's no hard. There's hard work involved. I'm sure to maintain a horse. Oh well, yeah. Listen, it's a kind of industry that you're in because you love it, not for the money. I mean, there's an old saying in the horse business: uh, how you make a small fortune in the horse business is you start out with a large fortune. <laughs> yeah, it's the guys in my skill set that don't make money. You know, the grooms. You know, cleaning the stalls, brushing the horses, taking mm-hmm. their. Um, Daily maintenance and upkeep. That's what I like to do. Unless you're working for someone who has a lot of money. <laughs> right. But then again, they can get any Mexican off the street to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in essence, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. But, you know, listen, what I bring to the table is, you know, I actually Years. care about the animals. And you've had experience. Like, That's correct. There's nothing you haven't seen, I'm sure, at this point. Well, um, you can't never say you've seen it all because it's like baseball. You Just when you thought you saw it all, there's something new happens. It's also like in a house, like you think you've seen it all, but there's gonna you're going to run into something. You're going to run into something else. That you right. haven't seen, yeah. So it's the kind of thing that you do for love and not money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of born into it. My father was a trainer. And, uh, you know, we grew up in Brooklyn. So it's very odd that someone from Brooklyn you know, gets into working with horses. And if it wasn't for my father, I the only horses I would have known were the ones I lost on OTB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you, you're you not a big gambler, right? Um, no, I mean, I've been known to place a wager from time to time. You know, uh, years ago, I sort of probably bet more than I should have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would bet the ponies and bet the sports games. Yeah, um, that was big. I don't know if I guess it's still pretty big betting on horses, you know. It's pretty and not as big the horse. The racing industry is taking a real big hit, yeah. And that's why you have, uh, you know, with Yonkers, I believe, um, or definitely Aqueduct. You have the casino now. They're racinos. I used I used to live right over there. Uh, which uh, by Aqueduct Aque- by the casino Aqueduct. Oh, that's Ozone Park. Yeah, it's where okay. I'm from. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, from Ozone Park. Moved out here when I was like 13. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Queens kid. Uh, I thought you were a bit of a queen, but you, you know, can tell. A <laughs> <laughs> queen, oh, okay. oh, 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 oh. I got me on that one. There you go. Uh, you're gonna get me probably like five or six times. All right. Sometimes they're just so quick that I. I don't mean anything by it. It's all really fun. <laughs> yeah. Mostly. If for everyone to know, like Kenny just has these quick, really quick jokes. I feel like everyone always tells you like you should do stand up, right? You've heard that many times. Uh, that sure. I have, and uh, you know, the the I'm spontaneous, funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to put up. But you write. Like, I see you write notes a lot. Uh, well, I, you know, I had notes, uh, you know, <laughs> just in case, you know, things went in a certain direction. You yeah. know, I have a couple of uh, quick notes. And, you know, at Yellow Book, and even if you remember, I did jokes at the Christmas party for Vivint. Yeah. Okay. Those were good. Yeah. And it's, but it's, you know, some of it was Stressful. a mixture of used material oh. and just rework to work in our situation. And some of it I wrote. 
and but it's hard coming up with mm. material. Yeah. And I'm more spontaneous funny. Like we could have a conversation and I can throw in some quick jibes or comments yeah. and stuff. And, you know, stand-up's a whole different thing. I mean, it's like you're sitting down with a pen and paper, mm-hmm. working at it, rewriting it and stuff. Perfecting and it. That's and, correct. And fucking up, too. You got to go oh, in. Oh, that's correct. You got to go bomb. <laughs> oh, that's correct. I mean, if you look at Rodney Dangerfield, who's my comedic idol, yeah, um, you he had pages and pages and pages of material. Mm. And you could see where he would line out a sentence and write on top of it something that fit better. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife likes to talk during sex. See, just the other day she called me from the hotel. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was reworked. You know, it could have been something else. And I like to talk during sex. She just won't, you know, but she's talking about the, doing the laundry, yeah, yeah. whatever. And he would just keep playing with these things and refining them. And then I guess assume tell him in a, uh, in a club and okay well that didn't work and okay let's just change this one word mm-hmm. or this one sentence and you know or punctuate more on this word yeah and then it becomes funny that's hard yeah you know but that it's a, it's like it takes time you know i know but again i'm more... it's if you wanted it you know like everyone could tell you a million times like you should do stand-up it's if you want to do stand-up it doesn't matter <sighs> i don't know you know, like know. It, you could hear it from everyone. It doesn't mean. Listen, anything. I want to be a game show host. <laughs> hey, that's what you that's, want. I want to be a game show host. How, How do my... you break into the game show host? I world? think you gotta know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta talk to Steve Harvey or uh... Uh, he's the worst. I don't know how that. Listen, you know what? You don't like guy... Family Feud? Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> listen to me. That guy is so not funny. Yeah. I just don't get that guy. I don't think he's funny at all. Yeah, I think. I like him. I think uh, his teeth are like comical. You know how big they are, and like his, and he's like really shiny bald. Like you know, like listen. You know what? In in a visual he looks thing, like, yeah, he looks funny, and yeah. that kind of helps. I mean, look at Rodney. Going back to Rodney, Rodney was not your run of the mill kind of handsome fella. Yeah, and you combine what his shtick and his look it just like all worked yeah you kind of have a little rodney and like your your witty remarks and like dry dry you know like well because again he's my comic idol and if i was going to be any sort of type of comedian i like i like that kind of comedy it's it's one-liners it's a quick zing for the most part it's clean Mm -hmm. you know you know comedians who curse just for the sake of cursing i don't i can't stand Mm -hmm. but sometimes like freaking cat williams like uh, yeah i know who he is it just it doesn't you know it doesn't work Mm -hmm. if if you're cursing just for the sake of it yeah and sometimes a joke has to have a curse word in it to make it effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Bring it home, yeah. Right. I remember when I did the Christmas party uh for Vivint, Mike Brand came over to me and you know, he's a religious sort, and I think his wife and <laughs> his wife was there and I think her parents were there. Oh, so So he comes up to me and goes, Hey, you're not doing anything dirty, are you? <laughs> and I said, No, I mean there's some jokes with some innuendo and stuff, but I said I don't I don't said I don't like to curse. For the sake of cursing. So I don't, none of my jokes have curse words in it. Mm -hmm. And then I said, oh, wait a minute. One of them does. He goes, all right, let's hear it. And you did it. The joke was, can I tell the joke? Yeah. Okay. The joke was, um, (laughs) I once dated a girl who was so ugly. I had to give myself roofies to fuck her. 
Now that joke doesn't work without the F word. You can oh, I had to give myself rupees to make love to her. Yeah, to yeah. Do it. it doesn't to have work. Sex with her. It yeah. has to have the F word. Mm-hmm. So there it was fitting. Mm-hmm. But to keep babbling on with jokes and just using the F word or any kind of curse words <clears throat> for the sake of using them, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm so with again, you. but some jokes and some can be like like Chris Rock. He strings it all together and it works. Richard Pryor, same thing. When mm-hmm. they strung those, Carlin, call another one. Yeah, it works. But there are some comedians who just—it's a shock value thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like Dice Clay, it gets a old bit. quick. It does. Like Dice, you know, was—he's—I didn't ever like Dice. Uh, he was great in the beginning. He was great because he was probably. So there was no one else cursing like that, basically. Uh, that's correct. You know, like he, he, it was there right. Was no one else doing that. So it was like, wow, this guy's crazy. It was but, something new, and it, and again, they all fit. You know, when yeah. he used just you know his derogatory words toward women and stuff. She sucking was my cat. <laughs> like, and like, it was funny, and yeah. it worked. But then uh, he got because I saw him at Madison Square Garden his second oh. time around. So he sold that out, right? He was oh, huge. Yeah. And it was it wasn't I was a little embarrassed for him because it just he wasn't that funny and he was cursing a lot and it just the context of the foul language and the jokes just didn't work. Was that your first time? Did you see him back in the heyday? Uh not live, you know, just like, you know, the like everyone else probably first saw him in the Rodney Dangerfield young comedians thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Whoa, look at this guy. Yeah. And you know, with the poems. And the stories yeah. and the jokes, it was pretty good. <laughs> but he still does all that, which is... He does, you know, he's he making it work a little bit better now. Um, you know, he had his own show on Showtime. I don't know if you caught that. Um, it was called Dice. Oh, yeah, that's still on, though. Yeah, uh, well, right? it's, no, it's a, it's more, it's like, it's not a... Um, it was a sitcom. It's a sitcom kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it, you know, it's the essence of Dice is there. Mm-hmm. And, and the Dice character... Is a great character, and you know it, it's it really is the persona. Mm-hmm. Dice's persona is really good, mm-hmm. and it's just if you can he can keep that persona without going overboard, it's really good. But just a hey, you know, <laughs> to me, to me, I guess maybe it could be a Brooklyn thing that it works. You know, it to me it works. Yeah, he probably he related to people like you know he he. I had to let the dog back in. He relates to people that I don't know. Back then, he can't relate to people like me now. I don't think like it, no one, no millennials. I don't think are into dice clay. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> and again, I'm not into some of your guys. Oh, I'm sure. No. I mean, it's like are you don't watch like my favorite comedian's Dave Chappelle. You know what? I you know what? I keep wanting to watch him. I got Netflix and he's gotten something and I keep hearing it's good and I keep saying, oh, you know, is that a Chappelle thing again? Yeah. Well, but wait a minute. Seinfeld has a new car. Comedians and <laughs> cars getting coffee. Let me watch that instead. Yeah. He was just in Massapequa doing one. Oh, uh, was he really? At the diner, With yeah. who? Um, I could, I'll look it up. I don't, he wasn't anyone that I knew, I don't think, but he was, he, they closed off one section of the diner right here because no he was in there. Yeah. And uh, he just went in there. There were people sitting near him, too. I guess maybe they were... I don't know if they were actors. Hold on. No, because I've seen the show, and you and I'm a background guy. I like watching what's going on in the background, or you know, in, in, in situations. You, know, you have, you know, like when he's doing that thing, for example, I like to see the people in the background who were sitting at the tables oh, eating. it was Alec Baldwin. 
I saw that one. That was in Massapequa Diner. Yeah, I saw that one. I like Alec Baldwin. Yeah, they're both from Massapequa. That's correct. Yeah, it's funny, right? He would, uh, Baldwin told the story about he was, he'd go to work and his brothers were playing wiffle ball in the driveway. He'd leave at 8 o'clock in the morning and his brothers were playing wiffle ball in the driveway. He'd come what? back like 8 at night and they were still in the driveway <laughs> wiffle ball. <laughs> oh, I, I love Alec Baldwin. I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't remember that. So when was that one on? It must have been like a month, um, two months I ago. I don't know. You know, I was late catching up. You know, I saw it, it was on there. I said, oh, let me uh, kind of uh, uh, go through it and see who I want to see first. And uh, Alec Baldwin was the first one I watched. Yeah, well, hometown guy. I would watch that too. Well, again, well, he's not from my hometown, from Brooklyn. Yeah, you, uh, but, we'll, we'll uh, take you in. We'll accept it. Uh, you know, it's a lovely offer. You used to knock here. I still knock here. And I'm knocking Long Island. I'm knocking Long Island all the time. Oh, this place stinks. Look at these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, wait. So let's get back. We always go off track. On um, Let's get on the timeline. So you grew up in Brooklyn. You said that on air? Uh, I, don't I, did, I don't know. But I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, nice. Got a horse job Jewish. right away. <laughs> well, you know, my first job was actually uh, in a puppy store. Oh. And Super Pup. That's why uh, you get along with my dogs so well. I love dogs. <laughs> and um, I was 11 years old. I fell off a horse and broke my hip. Oh. And I was out of action. Uh, I had, uh, it happened like the second week of July. And I was in a cast. And then wintertime came around. They took the cast off and I had the crutches. But I couldn't go to school. Mm. And so I would just hobble around the neighborhood and there was nothing to do because everybody was in school. So there was a puppy store in the neighborhood. So I would go there and I'd go in and I'd play with the puppies in the cages, killing time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was either that or stay at home and watch Days of Our Lives with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't that. No, there was one soap opera I did get into at the time. But anyway, <laughs> so I'd go play with the puppies and the woman, Becky, I remember, you know, she goes, you know, you're here all the time. You want to make some money. And I'm sure I'm Jewish. Sure. I'll make a few dollars. <laughs> And uh, so she said, well, you know, why don't you come in a few hours a day, clean the cages, help with the dogs and stuff. Mm, that's a so nice that was job. my first little paying job. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was like like any typical little things Brooklyn here and there. Kid, delivery. Mm-hmm. I delivered for the fruit stand, the drugstore. I worked at a grocery store. You do that? There you go. Um, well, the grocery store I worked in, I was like the delivery boy. I mean, we still had to stock shelves and stuff. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's oh, grocery okay. store in Brooklyn. All right. And then it was Herman's fruit stand. And back then, they had these giant uh, bikes, and they were heavy metal. Yeah. And the bike weighed more than I was a skinny kid. I mean, you wouldn't think now, you know. (laughs) But I was a skinny kid, and the bike was heavy. And I remember right pedaling down Avenue M, and the box, you know, they had this huge basket in front, and I lost control. Yeah. And next thing you know, there were cherries and blueberries rolling down (laughs) the street. Almost killed me. Did you get cut up? You break anything? Um, I don't remember. I didn't break yeah, anything. I'm sure open. I got some bruises and went right and back cuts to work. Stuff. Well, I had to go back and tell Herman that uh, I uh... <laughs> I got robbed. Someone <laughs> someone like, stole all the fruit. I got waylaid uh, by this uh, homeless vegetarian. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spontaneous, funny. Yeah, no, exactly. In the moment, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so you know, then. Then I was a uh, a bagel baker. A bagel baker. Bagel baker. That was a fun job. It's a bagel baker. You make I baked bagels? bagels. You made them yourself? You I'm, made the dough? 
No, someone else rolled them, but you to, threw them in there, and I threw them in the oven, and you know, worked the register and stuff. That was a fun job. That's a good business in Brooklyn, I'm sure. You know, they're famous, it, which still is. You know, in certain neighborhoods, I mean, you know, your Korean area, they don't really care about bagels very much. <laughs> but I think for your two surviving Jewish areas <laughs> that are there, you know, <clears throat> the bagels are still go over big. And it was a fun job. Listen, I was a kid. I was probably 16-ish mm-hmm. and, you know, just starting high school. And, you know, I was the, you know, oh, I was a big man. I, you know, I'd close the store up in the summertime and I'd get all the bagels that didn't sell and, you know, sodas and stuff. And we'd go hang out and smoke pot and munchies and the bagels. Yeah, and We beautiful. used to smoke pot in the store. It was great because you had a kettle that you boil the bagels and then it had an exhaust fan. Nice. So we'd stand over it, me and my buddy Kevin, (laughs) and we'd stand over it and we'd puff and the smoke would go right up and we had a blast. We'd play hockey in the back with the pumpernickel bagel (laughs) and the shelf sweepers and we used the milk crates as uh, goals. It was a lot of fun. It sounds real sanitary. It's good. It's like, listen, I'm happy I got my bagel. It wasn't like we put every bagel we use as a hockey puck back in the bin, but a couple, you know, snicker. Oh, I have three pumpernickel. Yeah. Oh, I think we're at a pumpernickel. Let me check the back. (laughs) Check the back. Yeah, as a matter of fact, this one was a goal. This was a goal, a game winner. Yeah. It seems pretty stale. Is this a all right. <laughs> I tried to put it in the toaster a couple of minutes. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll loosen right up. Don't worry about it, lady. Um, okay, so when what? There's something because you have a lot of crazy stories. I'm trying to transition there. Okay, I can't figure out how. Like, what point? What happened after the bagels? You know, like I'm oh, trying. Well, okay, to, I'm so trying to... progressing going on. So that's yeah. what. And then it was like little after that, I started working with the uh, with the horses. I mean, I had always. <clears throat> Pardon me. As I said, my father was in the horse business. There was a place on the Upper West Side of Manhattan where you could actually horseback ride in Central Park. And they also gave riding lessons in this small indoor arena. So um, I would work there on the weekends. And then when my school schedule ended early, they were open till 10 o'clock at night. So my school schedule ended like one or two. And I would work from like three to 10 at, at the stable. And I loved it. It was the best job I ever had. And, you know, it was low pay. I remember my first job, you know, older people, I was working. I feel like the old man. I was working for five cents, (laughs) $2.10 an hour. Mm. That's low. Yeah. $2.10. And when you got a, when you got that five cent raise to two fifteen, it was a big deal. It's like so prisoner pay. <laughs> prisoners actually did better because they used to got food too. Yeah. You know, as well as the sodomy was an extra yeah, that's... bonus to that. I mean, there was not much sodomy in the barn, really. Not much. Not much. I know. Not that I'm aware of anyway. The, uh, the horses. <laughs> that's another story. So well, I could tell you stories with that. But anyway. Um and, but it was the it was the best job I it was always I look back you know we're talking this 1977 and you know I always you know I was living at home kind of like you I was living at home and you know my I had no expenses you know uh, my mother really didn't ask for any money and you know so I always had money movies going out pot cigarettes whatever you know the two dollars and ten cents an hour. Went a long way in 1977. It's like 40 bucks an hour now. I'm pretty, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm kidding. And uh, we got paid cash in a little envelope. The owner was an old bookkeeper, and he did the, all the books and stuff and, and himself. Yeah. And, you know, to me, it was never work because I, I knew the stable. I knew the system. Yeah. 
Um, I knew the owner. You enjoyed it. I loved it. And it you st- was- you're always he always um, so Kenny always has pictures. We always see pictures of you posting <laughs> stuff with horses. You're still there, so you love it. You definitely well, do love yeah. It. I mean, I own a, the horse I own now, Rolex. He's the first horse I've ever owned, and you know, um, you know, it's interesting when I first, um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I really loved my father, and my parents didn't get along, and there was a split there. And when um, the stable in Manhattan closed about ten years ago, um, the the horse that I own now was gifted to me by somebody. Mm. And you know, my mother was so a little bit against it, me taking the horse, and she had said, "Well, you know, listen, don't take the horse." just to keep the memory of your father alive. And I said, that's really not the reason, but even if it was, why is that such a bad thing? Yeah, why not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, um, so again, you know, horses, you know. That goes back to you saying, like, you can't let go. You know? Yeah, there you go. It's a tough, you know, it's, it's right. It's a tough let go. I mean, listen, if I could. You always make- have the memory. Yeah, but, you know, memories are great, but I also want solid, you know, something that's still right there and I can touch. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure you have like little things, you know, that still remind you of them. Well, yeah, there are. And, um, you know, the working with the animals is there's a lot of, of self-satisfaction in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the animal's relying on you. He can't go. And this is what I would tell the guys I work with is I don't care what you do. As long as you take care of the animals first, you know, you don't have breakfast till they have theirs. They can't go to the bodega across the street and get an egg and cheese and a coffee. It's like a kid. There you go. So feed them first. Make sure they have their hay in their water. And then you want to run across the street. You want to sleep on a bell and the hay in the back. I could care less. <laughs> take care of the animals first because they're relying on you. Yeah. And there was a lot of self-satisfaction in, you know, hey, it's a 95 degrees. The horses are stinking and sweating. They're hot the end of the day, you're hosing them down, you're cleaning them off, you're making them comfortable, they got their hay in their water, they're munching, mm-hmm. they did a hard day's work, you did, and it's like, okay, they now can I, rest. my turn. Well, then, well, no, but they can rest now because I took care of them the right way. You know, they, they broke their ass dragging some Korean tourist around Central Park uh, for an hour, not a big thrill, I'm sure, for them. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day comes, hey, you got nice, cool, fresh water, you got a bunch of hay, you got a clean stall that you can mess up on <laughs> that I got to clean the next morning. Um, and it was a, you know, it's like, hey, pat on the back, a job well done. And, you know, they're not saying as I'm leaving, hey, Ken, thanks for the hay. You know, they're not. But you just know in your own mind and heart that you did a good job and you helped, mm-hmm. you know, this helpless animal. Yeah. And I always in- enjoyed that feeling. I always enjoyed that feeling. And I've taken care of the police horses for a little while for yeah, the city. Yeah, we did that. Do they put the uh, the things on their hooves? They they do something to their hooves, right? Like they well, they put the, shoes on them. Yeah, that hurts them, no? And not at all. Really? It's, it's like our fingernail. You can cut your nail, and it doesn't hurt unless you cut too low. Then it starts to hurt. Bleed, yeah. Yes, and that's oh yeah. And so if you trim the horse's foot, it's dead. It's dead. Yeah, okay. nail. So you can trim it a certain amount. You could drive the nail into it. And they don't feel it at all. They don't feel that. Not if you do it right. And that's why horseshoeing is a skill. Do you, do you know how to do that, right? No. I can yeah. pull a shoe off. Okay. I can't put one on. It, you know, it's a skill. You have to know what you're doing. You know, you have to trim it the right way and file it to a certain angle. Mm-hmm. And then when you put the nail in, you've got to make sure you hit the part of the hoof that's dead. Because mm-hmm. you can high nail a horse. 
and it's that'll a high nail. Yeah, you, you put the the nail too high into his foot. Now you're hitting tissue. Yeah, and then they're right. in pain, and they're probably kicking and, too. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah, and uh, so it's a really it's a skill. You yeah. know, it, you you got to be trained for it, and there's not a lot of trial and error in that industry because the error is bad because mm-hmm. you can mess up the horse, and then he's lame, and the owner's not happy. Yeah, no one wins. Yeah, no one wins. <laughs> That's correct. I brought it up because I saw on Facebook they make these. Uh, horseshoes now that just it's like rubber almost you see those those blue like uh, they're, they're like plastic or something or rubber and they glue them on or something yeah, yeah i saw that not, it's supposed to be real safe and not there's no there's no chance of hurting the horse you know uh, well and they sure. come off real easy right but that's the downside how easy do they come off i mean lose losing a shoe mm. is a is something you don't want. It's like, I'm like my horse, we were constantly losing his shoe mm-hmm. and that's no good, especially because if he lost a shoe on the trail, a front shoe, especially I had to get off and walk him back uh, because he steps hurt. on rocks and stuff. It's no good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think, I don't know. They made it seem like they're sturdy. I saw it. And I could show you the video. Yeah, I've seen it already. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a good idea, and I'm sure it works, and it may possibly need a little bit more perfection. Mm-hmm. It's not widespread in the industry. Everyone is still using, as far as I know, metal shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a handful of people who are now using that. Try, give it a shot. Right, and if my blacksmith came and said, hey, listen, I got this sh- the new shoe thing here. Mm-hmm. You want to give it a shot? I would give it a shot. Yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm very set in my ways, but I'm still a little open-minded to stuff. You yeah. know, a horse doesn't necessarily need shoes. It depends on what sort of work he's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're, you know, a police horse riding through the city, yeah, he's going to need shoes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you got a horse that's just um, going on a trail. And or like a pony for kids or something. Yeah, like... chances are he doesn't need shoes. Yeah. And some need it for some sort of support because there are support aspects uh, to a horse having shoes mm-hmm. um that helps um but you know there are a lot of ho- people who never put shoes on their horse and the the horse get the foot gets adaptable to the terrain you know the, ho- the hoof will get harder like builds up a callus like mm, i wouldn't say builds up a callus but it just gets naturally harder because mm-hmm. you know horses in the wild don't have shoes <laughs> yeah so they're running around and they're stepping they're on fine. this and that but their feet have gotten used to the terrain and their <laughs> feet have gotten hard and, you I, know. Br- I brought it up. I mean, I heard you just say, you said blacksmith. I didn't even know that's still a thing. There's still blacksmiths oh, out absolutely. there? Absolutely. Blacksmiths are a skill, and mm-hmm. a good blacksmith, there's some blacksmiths do corrective shoeing, like a horse needs a, his foot trimmed a certain way and his shoe done a certain way. It's a whole thing. And those kind of guys make big money. Because wow. people with horses... With nothing better to do with their money, we'll spend. Yeah. I mean, some of it's a little phonus balonus. They don't really need it. And, you know, I don't want to say they'll take advantage, but uh, you, you just you drop the implication. Oh, you know, I think if we did this, it might. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. You know, and I know, you know, veterinarians. This guy's going crazy. You hear this? I hear there's a dog barking. He sounds bigger than he is, right? He does sound bigger than he is. You it's think? A big echo. Yeah, he's not bad. Maybe he wants to get on the show. He's intimidating, you know. He's probably sees a cat or something out there. You know, I used to take my wife to the dog show every year. Then, but she never won. Danger, <laughs> danger yeah. Uh, so you know, I've seen vets. You know, listen, I'm the vet I have is really good. He's very proactive. He's mm-hmm. not going to diddle around and say, "Okay, let's try A, B, C, and D." He looks at it. And says, okay, this is what we're going to do. There are some vets, I know they have clients with money, 
or especially women who are suckers, mm. they'll say, well, and they'll do, well, let's do this for a few months. And if it doesn't work, we'll try this. When chances are they're the second m- thing they're going to tell them was probably the thing to do in the first place. They're milking them a little. I like it. Yeah, a little bit. I like aggressive. That's why I like my bed. He's aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, let's knock this thing out and do it this way and mm-hmm. get it over with. I mean, it could be because he knows I have no money to pay him if he went the other way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's get rid of this guy. Let me get his check. Hopefully it won't bounce. And let's move on to the next, uh, wow. so the next thing. There's a lot of moving pieces to just owning a horse. Like there is, you know, it's never the initial outlay of buying the horse. It's all the upkeep that goes on between shots in the spring, shots in the fall, worming three, four times a year, mm. you know, shoes every eight weeks. What are the shots, though? Like, if you're a horse in the wild, you're not getting shots. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We've, you know, we've domesticated the horse, and because he's in a domestic environment, it, West Nile and all these Arabies kind of shots. They have to get because if one horse mm-hmm. has it and your horse isn't vaccinated against it, he's going to pick it up and catch it. Yeah. And so. I don't care what they say, vaccines, what the liberals say, vaccines do work. <laughs> um, so I know I'm an, one it, of those. We're in an anti vaccine I'm, I'm, I'm a no, no flu shot kind of dude. Listen, I don't get the flu shot because I just don't get it. But for not because you don't think it works. Mm, no, I just don't get it. But, you know, when you do, oh, don't vaccinate your kids for this or that. Hey, listen, we grew up every, you got, it's the same. We had, va- we were vaccinated for whatever it could be. Yeah. You know, and that they, listen, I, I didn't, you know, I'm warped in my own way, not because of the vaccination. But listen, they worked for us. What's the big deal? It's science. I don't know. Oh, I don't it causes know. autism. Well, what are the odds? I, I went to school with thousands and thousands and thousands of kids who got inoculated. I don't know one kid who was autistic. I know kids who were stupid. So why? Are they, so what do you think, if you had a guess? It, uh, why are why is autism such a bigger thing I now than no it was? I have no idea. And I wouldn't even venture the reason why, but I can certainly... I w- wouldn't really think it's because people are getting their kids... Special solar guest right here. Is that what you think? Hey now, what do you say there? (laughs) (laughs) Weekly sit down. How are you? Boy, the quality of the show just went down. (laughs) (laughs) I surprised you, right? It was a surprise. I like this guy. What's your name again? (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just going on common sense. If it worked for so long Mm -hmm. and nothing happened, it's like kids today. They're wearing helmets when they ride the bikes, pads and everything. I saw a commercial. A kid is wearing a helmet on a big wheel. What could possibly happen if he fell off the big wheel? Nothing. But this is a big... To me, it's like, listen, we took our lumps. We took a a piece of plywood, a milk crate, and garbage cans, and we raced our bikes as hard as we could. Look at my dad shaking his head. He's right. He popped it up. That's right. (laughs) And we jumped over these things, and if you fell, you fell. You got cut up, and that was it, and that's how it was. Now, kid, they're overprotected. Yeah, the helmet, the pads. All right, yeah, you don't want your kid to split his skull open, but you know what? I don't remember one kid who had a real serious... The biggest accident of all the kids I knew growing up was me when I fell off the horse at 11 years old. Yeah, and broke my hip. No other friend of mine, except my friend Kevin, who played football and he got uh, he got sacked or something once. He was the quarterback and he did some damage to his leg, but nothing compared to a broken hip. None of the kids I went to school with, aside from getting run over by a car, and all the things that we did, ever really got that hurt. That 
when I look back, I would say, oh, we should have had helmets and we should have had pads on. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's ridiculous. The whole the country is soft. You're saying and, kids inc- are softer now. Kids are soft. Inclusion. Oh, everyone has to have a ribbon and everyone has to have a prize. Oh, you get a ribbon for showing up. You you would like the Chappelle stand up because he's, okay. he goes into that. He's right. He goes. Uh, he goes like everyone's. He's, he was talking about transgenders, and Uh-oh. he's like, he's like, oh, we gotta care. He's like, he's he's not saying like, I I don't want to f- screw it up. Hold on, let me put your mic up. Yo 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 yo. Get right on there like me. Want to be like Bobby G tonight? Hi guys. Hey now. There That's you right. Go. Haven't seen you in a while, Ken. The last time I saw you, think was at your poker game. What are we talking about now? Uh, we're talking about kids soft and soft. Oh, yeah. Countries in the toilet. Did you see the Chappelle oh, stand up? I thought we were about to ask Kenny his new pronouns. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's a pronoun? <laughs> we were talking about. Did you see the new Chappelle stand up where he talks about transgenders? I started watching it, <laughs> and I got to the part where he was. Uh, what did he say? Um. I'll, I'll so say, I kicked her in the pussy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bam! I told you I was nice, and then I fell asleep. But it was so good. Yeah, he was so good to put you to sleep. Yeah, wow. how about that? Yeah, okay. he, 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 that's what he led with. That like that was like the second joke he told. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this, the one I'm talking about, is like he's not. He's like, I love transgenders. Like I'm not saying I don't like them, but I'm saying, when the fuck has America cared how someone feels on the inside? Like everyone. <laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, these people feel like they're women and they're really men. He's like, when the fuck is, and, and I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to feel bad. Like, he's like, when does anyone care how anyone feels in this country? He's like, they don't give a fuck. That's what made this yeah. country great. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, whatever feelings you had, you had, and they were yours, yeah. and that's it. Nobody wants to know. If you, I don't care. If you want to be this and you want to be that, hey, that's fine. Why do I need to know? That's exactly what he said. He's like, he's like, go do whatever you want. That's right. Exactly. Put your own dick in your own ass. He's like, <laughs> he's like I don't care what you're doing. He's like, but I don't have to care. That's, I don't, I don't, and why do you have a need? For me to know about it, yeah. okay. I, I not that I do anything sick and perverted that you'll ever know of, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But if I did, why would I want you to know? Why would I want anybody to know? This is me, and you know, it's mm-hmm. it, why would why? What's your sick need to have everybody know your business? Yeah, it's nobody like, would people care because you throw it in their face mm-hmm. and say, "Look at me." Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to look at you. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're forcing me to look at you. If you didn't do it, I would never have even noticed. And it's <laughs> like, okay, it's okay. And I'll tell you this this story. You know, we were in uh, in 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 the office at Vivint, and I'm telling gay jokes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. There's like a few of us sitting around and then, you know, I'm telling these gay jokes and everyone's laughing. And then one guy gets up and he walks away and he had been laughing as well. And somebody said to me, what were you doing? So we're talking about, he goes, we're telling gay jokes in front of that guy for like, why? He goes, well, because he's gay. I'm like, he's not gay. And I thought the guy was putting me on. So I would go and say to the guy, hey, man, are you a fag? Or, you know, whatever. So I thought I was getting put on. I'm like, that guy, no way. And he goes, no, he is, he is, he is. So I'm like, all right, I'll take the bag over. I say, hey, listen, man. I said, you know, this guy is telling me, I mean, I'm sorry if I offended you. He goes, those jokes. He goes, no, they were funny. I said, are you? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm so-. I said, I'm sorry. I had no idea. He goes, well, you wouldn't really think it. And I'm like, I didn't. Yeah. So 
I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, some guys you can tell, oh, that guy's a fag. Okay. But and, who, and it's okay. You don't care. You I know. don't care. Me no, neither. It's not an uncommon thing. Uh, right. But, you know, the need to flaunt it and. It's true. Peop, that's what people, I think that's what people have the problem with. I don't care what you are. What do mm-hmm. I care? You, you, know, you probably dislike me as much as I dislike yeah. you. And I don't go around telling everyone really... else. I don't go around telling everyone I'm straight and. Yeah. Once again, because nobody cares, <laughs> especially no the cares. girls. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, no one thinks so. There oh, you go. Man. But, you know, it's like, again, you know, hey, should you have the rights of everybody else? Of course you should. Okay? But no one would know if you didn't say anything mm-hmm. and nobody would care. Yeah. Just be who you are, stay mm-hmm. how you are, and, you know... It's interesting. It, it, it's a lot about delivery because a lot of times when people want to share an idea or something like that, you get this, uh, they don't really believe in what they're even talking about. They kind of mm-hmm. just want you to reaffirm what they're saying. Like, this is this and this, right? Yeah. Or, you know, so like, like you just used the example, like this guy was a homosexual and he heard all these jokes. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, he thought they were funny. He knew I wasn't saying yeah. it yeah. to be anything other than funny. No, absolutely. Yeah. So right. he, was, he wasn't overly sensitive because because he, he really is a homosexual. Yeah. He really does not care. <laughs> it's all about the vibe, the yeah. intent. And know, again, he serious. thought it wasn't like I was saying, "Oh, these mm, these motherfucking." Yeah. It wasn't saying mm-hmm. that. I was being telling gay jokes. I don't know what, exactly what they were, and I could have been just riffing. You know, once I get started, sometimes it just goes. Yeah. And uh, you know. He thought they were funny. I wasn't saying it out. I don't. I very rarely make any kind of comments in a funny way to be nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a nasty streak. There's no doubt about it. But I'm all about the funny. If the joke is about Jews or Chinese or or blacks or whatever, yeah. it's all about being funny. Yeah. And it's you know that's all it's about. If you take it the wrong way, it's your problem. That's correct. Because I didn't <laughs> mean true. it that yeah, way. And like, I think another problem with the country, everyone's too sensitive. It's a joke for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Stop already. Yeah, yeah. You know? How do you think we got there? Why is everyone so sensitive now? Because everyone knows that they, they can sue and get some money out of it. You think? I mean, Absolution. you could always sue. sue. Yeah, but they you know what? Suing in your day, right? They did, but no one sued <laughs> for this kind of nonsense. Yeah, it was once whoever was the the first one. Everyone said, "Wow, maybe I can." That guess. boss has been pinching my ass for years. You mean I can get a few shekels out of this deal? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. For years. <laughs> Personally, I would love to be sexually harassed at work. It'd be the only action I'd be getting lately. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> now, are you you're, still, you're with Vivin, right? No, actually, no. Yo, I, you I, oh, you missed the first part. You can't. Came in at uh, you know. This is a wow. new Trinity Solar member. I was on my way here, and I was expecting you to look like a basketball, like you normally do. Well, believe me, these days it's more like a pumpkin, especially <laughs> <laughs> with my current tooth condition. But that's oh, another man. story. How long has that been going on? <clears throat> uh, just a few weeks. Okay. You know the irony of you know a funny story. You know I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make the move. You know with anything, especially at my age, it's tough to take risks, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I figured, well, hey, you know, I trust Danae and I trust uh, Jesse, but you just never kind of know. So I said, you know, let me go through the, let me not beg Vivint until I'm 100% sure what's going to, what Trinity's about. So I went to their training in Connecticut and I told. The three-day training. The three-day training. Anyway, don't even get me started on training in solar. <laughs> so anyway, it's a whole other show. So anyway, um. I told Vivian, hey, on Sunday, uh, uh, I got the flu. I'm sick. I'm going to miss the next couple of days. So I go do the Trinity thing. And then, okay, I can dig it. 
I'll cut the tie. And then my first day knocking for Trinity, knocking on the door, guy answers the door, hey, you, you Mr. And I'm old fashioned with the handshake introduction thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, you Mr. Smith, whatever. Well, yeah, that's hand- me. The physical contact's big if you make that. 100%. I yeah. firmly believe in that. Some people don't, but I believe in that. So, I, oh, you Mr. Smith? Yeah, hey, I'm uh, I'm Kennedy with Trinity. How you doing? And I shook his hand. Two seconds later, he's pulling a snot rig out of his pocket, wiping <laughs> his nose. And I'm like, this mother... I'm gonna get... And sure enough, I got sick and I missed three days of Trinity. So the irony being, I told Viv when I was sick, I couldn't make the readings to go to Trinity. You, you made it happen. And then, wow. and then I got sick. You I mean, I don't believe in that stuff. Shit happens. I don't yeah. believe in karma. Okay. Or what comes around goes around. I really don't believe in that kind of stuff. Shit just happens. Must have yeah. fucked over a lot of people. <laughs> I don't Listen, believe Listen, that, no. Wait, no, no, before no, no, we go no, any deeper kidding. with this, is your phone flipped upside down? Because I think the speaker's covered. Um, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, I think you could question. flip it, though, and it'll still be fine. But you have the speaker. I don't know if you did that. Is there any more coffee in there? Thanks. The, this is the top of my phone. That's the button? Like you have the home button right there? Yeah, so I don't think anyone could hear us because oh, okay. the speaker's on the bottom. Oh, well, I got some people listening. Huh? Are they saying I can't hear shit? No, I think, look, flip the phone fully and then put it back where it was. You know what I mean? Oh, you want to go widescreen? Yeah, that way? Like that? Yeah, like that. Will it flip over? I don't know if they will. Because, look. Oh, true. Yeah, that's not going to work. No, now flip it the other way. Yeah. I think that's good. <laughs> those are good cookies, too, those things that you're balancing uh, that on. It's too bad you don't have Biff Henderson, uh, David Letterman, stage managed to come here and kind of fix all this stuff. Huh? This is supposed to be the uh, this is the sound guy. This is Scott the Engineer. <laughs> you're his Biff? Oh, you're, you're Scott the Engineer? Scott the Engineer. Well, you got the same haircut, I believe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where's, you where's your cloud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has the opposite. He has like a white cloud over him right you now. You have the white cloud? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, try and get the camera to be on all of us if you want to get in on that, Scott. <laughs> well, who's on his phone watching? It's live. It's on live Instagram. on Instagram, so you Ooh, can just tune in anytime. I don't have Instagram. All right. Yeah. No, you got to get Alex in there too. It's like Facebook, but with pictures and without your parents. It's pretty cool. You see, he's not in the in the shot. Now you just have Kenny. It's really hard to get. And for me, you need a wide lens. So yeah, I, was say, I got Kenny's hand. Did, wasn't what? the chair moved over the other day? Yeah, he was... You got to get closer to that right. flower pot. Get close. Here we go. I'll do this. That's the only, only these two windows. You can see the two windows? Oh, yeah. Two the reason windows. I asked if you were still with Vivint, are you doing the numbers at Trinity? Oh, please tell me. Not yet. I just, I just got in. You so, don't want to come know, in. They're, uh, they're, They'll I be like, who's this new guy doing numbers? They're keeping me you know, uh, under wraps. He's, he's itching think, for, a, uh, for a little the while. The room goes silent. Hey, you know, now. This is the reason I came on this show more than any other one, because of the professional aspect of how it's run. Yeah? What do you mean? the pro- Oh, this? That was sarcasm. Oh, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, no. You're supposed to we, be funny. The, the way- no, I, I turned down Jimmy Fallon to be here, to be honest. I don't have those, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm happy. Kimmel keeps calling me. Yeah, your publicist was so annoying. I couldn't. She wouldn't let me book you. You're not one to turn down a man in his 30s either. <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> hey, it was that one time uh, I was really drunk. He was, close. I guess he it's was close. cute from behind. You got to go back it up a little. <laughs> you got to go from behind. Oh, oh wait, you almost got it. Push the front of it more to the front. Yeah, I hey, think that's good. That's three amigos right, right there. That's good enough. Thank yeah, you, sir. 
See, like, we got to get real cameras and have, you know, make this legit, you know? That's what we got to do soon. I could, what? I could hook up uh, what? a video cam to that. Yeah? We need to do that. We need, You could hook up a video camera to this thing? No, it's got to oh. be. Yeah, we could record it uh, independently. And then no, I, I have a webcam, but I don't, it's a short wire. Like, we wouldn't be able to put it over there, and we'd, I don't know. Well, should we be on? Later, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. All right, I'll, get, I'll do that. Thank you. All right, so. wow. Listen, you get three more people listening, and you'll double your listenership. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually I I in the beginning, like the first ten episodes, no one listened, you know. And then we got one guy that was pretty good, pretty big, and he was on Joe Rogan, and then then we started getting more from there. Now we're growing steady. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's going well. It's fun more than anything. No, yeah, I like I told him he he's texting me like, "What are we going to talk about?" All this stuff, and I'm like, "We're just catching up." <laughs> like, and, and he's comes with notes like and stuff. Like, I haven't used any of them yet. Yeah, because no, <laughs> yeah. it just flows. We're oh, just I know catching you, up. You prepared some material for tonight. Well, right? there wasn't like prepared material. But yeah. It was just like you know a couple of comments that I felt I might want to make. You know, uh, talking points. Uh, uh, talking points. What do you got on there? Well, you know, I, I just wanted to say, you know, it's an honor to be on a show that's had such illustrious luminaries such as Ekat Milo and Ludwig Horax. You don't even know <laughs> none of them. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. But I got to say, you did have Omar Sharif and I loved him in Dr. Shivago. It was that movie was really. I think it's actually one of my mother's favorites too. I don't even know what that movie is. It's what, an old time great yeah. movie. It's like one of when Black you talk cinema. <laughs> no, I think it might be in color. Okay, um, but it's all time. One of the old time like big cinematic uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed. I think I'm either your fourth or fifth Jew. So yeah, we oh that was good. We've actually my fourth. I don't know. I'm Wait, you Jews. didn't screen this guy? We actually have a we have a race counter. So you have, have a to, race counter. No, uh. <laughs> we have a we have a uh, what's it called when you make the line a whip? No, the, <laughs> the lines uh, tally. We okay. got a tally. You know, okay. each section. No, we try and mix it. The up whip here. that was pretty funny. That was yeah. You know, years ago, I'll tell you a funny story. You bring yeah. it out of me. Years ago, thank you. Years ago, um, uh, when I, we were uh, working at that stable in Manhattan, it was called Claremont, and we were doing redoing the arena. We had pulled up the entire floor, and we're like, it was wood. It's an old building. It was built in the 1880s. So the the arena was all wood. And so we were digging it up a section at a time and rebuilding the floor. So we were, it was me and, you know, like maybe three or four other black guys. And there's one guy, we were very friendly. So three or four other black guys. Three, like, you're black. black. <laughs> it's another story for another day. But anyway, hey, I'm Mr. Black People. So anyway, uh, he took a like a, a, a small piece of wood and he threw it at the garbage can and he missed. And I said, geez, I can't remember the last time I saw a black guy miss a basket. <laughs> and he said, lay off. Don't you know this is Black History Month? And I said, so what, what do you want me to do? Whip you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, see, oh. now, hold on. He was, hold no, but on. you're friends with this we guy. We were friends. Exactly. And again, he knew it was we're, all about it's being It's the same funny. thing as the gay guy. It's intent. There you go. They, they were friends. After that, he never talked to him again. And listen, he could have easily turned around and said, "Hey, listen, man, you Jews will whip more from the Egyptians than my people ever won by war by some slave owner in Alabama." And it would have been right. And I wouldn't have taken it any other way than he was being funny. It was about being wasn't about being racist. It was about 
being funny and that's how it was meant and that's how he took it. Right, it's yeah. an ego thing. People identify with a million different things about themselves. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I have this. Mm. I am my... You ask someone, like, what do you do? They tell you what they do for a living. Or, no. You know. And not like who... Yeah, yeah, what do you do? Like, yeah. we almost identify ourselves yeah, with these yeah. little things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when you go and question somebody about themselves or even raise a question mark in their head that you might not be, you know, exactly what it is you say you are, they get defended. Listen, I'm straightforward. Ask me what I do. What do you do? Well, every morning I get up around 7 o'clock, and the first <laughs> thing I do is I take a pee. And, and, well, usually I'm up like 2 in the morning first taking that pee. Boys get old when you enjoy this now. You know, I used to be a urinary camel, you know. Now somebody says, hey, it's going to rain Thursday. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I know what you're saying. So, uh, you know, I get up at 7, I take a pee, I put the coffee on. <laughs> I go out and have a cigarette, drink the coffee, and, you know, I do the, you know, I go on the computer and da 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 and then I go clean my horse's stall, and after I clean the horse's stall, my whole day is downhill from there. <laughs> the best part of the day is over you by, know, like, 9 o'clock. You just reminded me I got a bum of smoke from you when this thing's over. You can. I have one left. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, it, it, wouldn't one left. Be, it wouldn't be me seeing you unless I, st- I stole a cigarette. Uh, that's correct. I yeah. think I stole What's my, with you? I think I owe you a pack. Oh, yo, we didn't even say yeah. Alex Ides is here. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Alex Ides is here. Yeah, How we didn't even mention it. This other guy talking. The Ides of March is here in uh, February. Yeah. He was on the other day with Bobby G. I saw that. I didn't listen to it. I just saw. You saw. <laughs> I saw that you did. That. I saw the ad. And by the <laughs> way, the guy you said that you didn't hear of Ludovic, Ludovic Harak Hero. I don't know how to say his name either, but he's a he. That the guy has a big deal. If you ever Google him, like that guy is actually big. He owns. He made this app, and it's like Tinder for entrepreneurs. And uh, that guy was actually a big deal. That's the shaper. But guy. I understand. Listen, you, I saw his name. I said, "What is that? A bad hand in Scrabble?" Where, what am I going to start? I'm going to start off with George Clooney. You know, like I'm sixty episodes in. And you'll never get George Clooney. You, I don't know if I want George Clooney. I, but, but I'm sure it's fair. You don't want you. He might. One day, he might want to be here. What was that? What? That was your phone. Oh, okay. Your phone did something. Uh, what else you got on the paper? Is that it? Was that, um, was that your? Uh, <laughs> is that <laughs> no, I mean, I want, you uh, to cl- I want you to clear the list. I was uh, sort of hoping you were going to ask me uh, if I had seen uh, any of your episodes. See, you're a bad lead-in, you know. Yeah, you, you, when you're so funny like me, you need somebody to offer you the straight stuff. When you're hey, so Kenny, it's your first like time on the show. Have you ever listened before? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, Alex, thanks for asking. <laughs> oh wow! I did look. Uh, I did listen to a couple episodes, and I heard you know you and your partner, uh, whatever this guy's name was. What was his name? Which I've had a bunch. Tolga. Maybe it was Joey Toga. Toro. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I the first thing I said when listening, I was like, wow, when did they bring back Quaaludes? Because you guys were so laid back. I was like, yeah, so, you know, we're here today talking about, like, geez. That's what I, I know what you're saying, but it's kind of like evolving now. This is like reality radio, you know? It's live. It's it's just what's going on. If you if you watch the Joe Rogan podcast, he'll go take a pee and there'll just be silence for like 20, 30 seconds because he'll just go pee. Like, that's just how it is. It's like yeah. really what's going on. So like while he's taking a break, you go do something else and then he comes right back. I guess. Well, you <laughs> or know, just does, skip it. <laughs> does he tell you like my pee's generally last about 45 seconds? No, no. They'll just leave this big Puerto Rican guy there smoking a bowl for everybody to see. And then no he comes kidding. back and then that's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be like, I'll be right back. I got a pee. radio. No, nah, yeah, it's changing. It's it's because eventually I'm just going to do this live video. So if I have to pee, I'm going to go pee. I'm not going to just piss myself. Well, you see, that's bad hosting. 
Well, I should just be my... Yeah, that would be good content. No, because, I, listen... <laughs> if it's myself. Well, this is why you have, you know, listen. First of all, Johnny Carson did his show for whoever many years, and I'm sure not once did he get up and pee. Johnny Carson's on for an hour. I, I Sometimes I'm was, on here for three First of all, hours. he was on for an hour and a half. Yeah. Three hours sometimes. All right, three hours, all right. But I won't even, to, I'm not going to pee, though. I, I haven't never peed during a show, but I have a lot of guests that have. My mother always told me to do it before you leave the house, so. Yeah, no, I hold it. If I'm, also when I'm fully uh, interested, it's like when you're at the movies. It's a good movie if you don't leave to go pee. Well, that's why you go before. You don't get the giant soda. No, at least I, I can't. I mean, that's why I'm sipping the water, well, not guzzling t- it down. You're the camel pisser or whatever you just said. <laughs> yeah, so. No, I used to. That <laughs> once upon a time. I can hold it in forever. Oh, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm at the point. I'm now still able it. to camel pee, camel my pee. You know, so go. I don't need to. I can drink the You should soda. be proud of that. Yes, I I take pride in that. It's on my profile. <laughs> Is that what it says on Facebook? Yeah. Camel you know, pisser. I actually have to I have three different Facebook pages. What? Like for solar or something? Well, you know, my my the when I first got on Facebook, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be on it. You know, so I made a cr- fake one? I well, no. The actually that one became my real one. And it's Baba Booey. <laughs> it's Bob A. Bowie, okay? And I said, well, let me see what this is. Let me fish around here and see if there's a, oh, hey, you know, you're on Facebook, you know, okay, uh, yeah, you're going to, I'm Bob A. Bowie, okay? So then when I took the job at Yellow Pages, oh, are you on Facebook? Let's be friends on Facebook. I'm like, I don't want to be a friend in fucking real life. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's not that I put anything personal, really, you know, and that's what I can't do these people on Facebook. Every single emotion you have, you know, listen. It was stuff's got to be private. You know, it's a, you know, give me give me a a, a, a viral hug. How about I give mm-hmm. you a viral smack? Okay, <laughs> nobody. I don't want to say nobody cares, but you know, it's not it. If you got a problem, if I got a problem, I'm calling people I'm close to, and hey, yeah, I'm in this quagmire here personally. I'm not gonna post it all over Facebook. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'll look for you, and then I'll friend you. So now I got to create a Facebook page <laughs> for the hot, for the yellow book people. And then I started vivid, and I'm like, "Oh, you got a Facebook page? again? You, you could just real say, life, but no, no. just be like, yeah, I'll add you, and then you don't add them. Uh, well, That's a lot of I work. I don't want to hurt any. I listen as much as I can be. You're a soft. I'm a soft. I don't want to hurt anybody's bee. feelings. Sometimes I do because hey, you're going to ask me a question. I'm going to give you an honest answer. You are an honest guy. And I, and so if you don't want the honest answer, don't ask me. I remember mm-hmm. I used to walk into the office every day, and every and I would just do my thing, walk through, and then Kenny would be the only person to look at me and just look at me and go. You know you can't burn the candle from both ends. For the rest of your <laughs> yeah. life. Only only Harpo Marx can burn the candle with both ends. I, I might even showed you that little video. He Harpo Marx burns the candle with both ends. And you know it's funny because when the um, the uh, the uh, level guys came over to Vivint, they Joe was like, "Okay, oh, we're gonna go around the room." Uh, the new guy from 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 Level had said, "Oh, we're gonna go around the room, and you're gonna introduce yourself." Tell us who your favorite superhero is, and then how long you've been in solar. So he's going around, and he gets to me. He says, ah, you know, I'm Kenny. Uh, you know, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. And mostly because of all the superheroes, Spider-Man to me is the one that you can most easily identify with. 
Mm-hmm. He's Peter Park is a regular guy with the regular problems every one of us could possibly have, and you know, in the end, he's also a superhero. Yeah. How could you? You can't. You know, I can't relate with Batman or mm-hmm. Superman. No, Spider Man to me is the most identifiable. I, yeah, I could be Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Can't be Batman. No, you need to be super rich. That's correct. But Spider Man was freaking like had his like doctorate or something shit in like phys- like yeah. No, he was like a scientist, wasn't he? Genetic engineering and shit. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna move on get the whole Spider Man thing for me now. <laughs> no, so, then, I love I love superheroes. So. Okay, so then we can talk about it in a minute. So then I said, "It's a joke." Let me finish. And then I said, <laughs> "And I said I've been in solar for three and a half years, but judging by my numbers, I haven't been in solar in the last six months." <laughs> and they they got a big laugh. And Joe Lombardi, who you know, he he just like ducks his head and then he picks his head and he goes, "Listen, I'm going to tell you about Kenny. Kenny will tell you how it is, and sometimes how it ain't." <laughs> how did but you, how, you can always get the honest answer out of me? Yeah. Speaking of. Joe, how did he take this? Because I know you guys are close. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was a little upset. I left. Um, you know, it's, did you talk about it with him first? No, I mean, Joe knew I was struggling, and you know, to Joe, um, Joe's credit, you know, he Joe, you know, had as best he could tried to kind of kick me in the ass, help me along. You know, he was interested in, you know, hey, what's going on, and you know, how can we help you? And you know the. The help comes from within. Oh, that's so religious. Uh, help comes spiritual. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, you can't help me. I gotta, you know, pull myself out of this. You know, you want to help me? Yeah, give me some of those corporate leads you've been stealing. No, I'm just a joke. <laughs> not not really. Not really. <laughs> you really helped me out. He sat down with me. He put a bunch of orphaned accounts in my bucket, and we. Yeah. There you go. In the room. Well, I remember they gave you a gift card when you were about to leave. If you like, <laughs> you were, Don't do it. Here's a twenty five dollar like, card. The Sam yeah, Goody. Like a, like a year ago, they uh, they brought you back with a gift card. Uh, I'm, I'm bought cheap apparently. Yeah. So uh, you were the one who, who who stopped me from leaving. Remember my little? We talked about this the last episode with the the Blue Ravens Day. Um, that's correct. You know, I had almost gone there and they talked me out of it and it was the best move I never mm-hmm. made. And the only reason I was going to jump at that time was, you know, Blue Raven was offering a managerial position mm-hmm. and, you know, a sideways move at that time I wouldn't have made, but, you know, looking at the Vivian structure, Hey, there were way a lot of guys ahead of me on the, on the list. So in my mind, it was like, Hey, I could go over there, do that role, learn the administrative end of being a DM and all that and how to muster the troops and run an office. And this way, when Blue Raven collapsed, which it did, I'd be able to come back to Vivint mm-hmm. with that under my belt. Not saying, hey, look, I've got this experience. Move me to the head of the line. Mm-hmm. But now it makes me more viable candidate because, hey, Kenny's got this experience in the industry. You know, he is better equipped now than this guy. No, it was a good move. Uh, but I never made it, basically. Well, and, no, no, for me to, <laughs> to go oh, back. Oh, to go yeah. back, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> listen, you know, it, it, at, you know when, you, when you're weighing a company like Blue, Blue Raven was against Vivint, there's no comparison. No. You know, Vivint was, you know. You had Spolino, though. You could have went with, you could have been with Spolino. Spolino. <laughs> I need to have him on here. I wouldn't even. No, you don't. I wouldn't even get to talk. You would just be Spolino show. No, it would be like one giant plug for three hours. Yeah. If you wanna, <laughs> yeah. Wait, if you, you want Zola, yo, you gotta talk to me. Can you go on YouTube and pull up some of his uh, his scam videos? <coughs> he has videos on YouTube, dude. Are you kidding me? Go Let me tell you something about this industry. Oh shit! This yeah, you're industry lose your mind when you see these sells itself. 
it's baffling to me how you would have to um, deceive the customer or um, make it out to be better than it is because it's good enough as it is. You know, I've never understood, you know, when you hear some of these stories. Mr. Customer, you're paying 39 cents a kilowatt. <laughs> We're going to get you down to 0. 0.02. It's a no-brainer. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember his training on the back of the uh, the pamphlet? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is you right here. You're paying about a dollar a kilowatt. He's like, "We're gonna save you seventy-seven cents a kilowatt." <laughs> Freaking out, like, and then Dusty's like, "All right, you gotta come. You can't. You can't be doing this." And he like takes him down in the middle of a training. <laughs> Never happened before oh, that. It's it's baffling to me. Listen, then what we're able to do and bring to the table. Eh, yeah, listen. Are you gonna be vacationing Bermuda for a month based on what we save you? Probably not. But are we going to save you money? Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, in, in virtually every company, I mean, I just know the companies I work for, but I would have to imagine if they're business models or anything similar, you're going to save money and you're going to save money over the long haul. It's not about today. Well, hey, you know, it's about the three, five, seven, 10, 15 years down the road. And if you can lay it out and tell them on the concept of the solar mm-hmm. and its future value and what it's going to do for them in the long term and get them to understand, hey, that's what it is. It's great, and you don't have to fudge numbers, you know? They, they should get it based on, hey, this is great. Why would you say no? Mm-hmm. You what's, know? what's your objection that you can't get over? Or your hardest one to yeah, get what, over? Yeah, what's your actual objection? Me, personally? Yeah, why don't you have Remember it they on? always said I that? I rent. Like... <laughs> <laughs> why isn't it on your stable? <laughs> Listen, if I owned it, it would be up there tomorrow. First of all, as a Jew, I don't want to pay more than I have to for anything. Yeah, yeah, Retail's yeah. for suckers. That's number one. <laughs> And it's why would anyone ever want to pay more for something that you're going to use every day when you can get cheaper? Mm-hmm. And the one objection that I will never, ever understand is people who say to me, well, it's not worth it because I'm not saving enough. Because <laughs> what you're really saying is, I want to pay more because I'm not saving enough. That's like if you went to the Toyota dealer and the Corolla was 25000 and the dealer said, the sales guy said, you know what? Alex, you got enough. You got a nice face. Obviously, he'd be lying, but he'd say, "Alex, you got a nice face, and because you got a nice face, I'm going to knock it down to twenty four thousand five hundred." Along that line of thinking, you would then say to him, "You know what? Five hundred dollars isn't enough savings. I'd rather pay the twenty five thousand. That's what you're saying when you're telling me it's not enough savings. What do you What do you it's, want? It's them saying like, "I'm going to go look at other companies and see if they could save more." Go ahead. You know? Listen, fine. And someone will, like, if I'm selling solar now and they tell me something like, uh, I'm not saving enough or um, I'm going to see what uh, other company, like, why should I go with you over other companies? That's fine. I would just be like, I would be like, the main reason, like, to tell you the truth, it's every, no matter what solar company you go with, it's, you're going to be able to get the same deal any solar company. You're buying me. Like, this is what it is, my experience. Well, that's correct. And if you just put it all on you and you're so straight up like that and you're, like, like truthful, like, because it really is true. Like, every solar company is the same fucking deal. Like, you can find any deal. Make that's any, correct. You know? So, it's the same thing. And they can match any deal and, like, beat it by half a penny or whatever if you're doing a PPA. But you're buying the person, you're buying the experience, and so you, you make them trust you, basically. Right. You also want to say, listen, you know, there are, to me, there are only like a handful of major players. There's, and, 
And then you have Sunrun, which Trinity is a dealer for. So in the end, Sunrun is really back in Trinity's stuff. So as long as you're going with one of the top, it's not about who... I don't think it's about who's putting the panels on your roof. Any idiot can so put glass up on your... going to be there in 10 years. That's right? correct. You know, you want to be... You want to save the upfront money. You want to, you know, nickel and dime on the biggest investment you have, which is your house. Be my guest. Okay? But it's not about saving. Oh, I'm saving. You know, they came in at $2,000 more. Why should I go with you? $2,000 is peace of mind. Okay? You can, you can go with... Um, power or a little home improvement and get your roof, or you can go with Joe the contractor who's going to go stop by Home Depot, get six Mexican day workers, <laughs> do the job, and when you have a leak, where is this guy? Yeah. He can't come back to you because he works on his shoestring, okay? <laughs> he can't afford to come back because yeah. he's already got your money. Going back to your house to fix your leak takes him away from a job he's got and he now needs because he didn't make much on you. Mm -hmm. And you want that headache? No, you're better off paying the extra money Going with the solid company and having the peace of mind that you're protected, not only the day the roof is done or the panels go on, but the long term. It's the same it. reason people go with Verizon over Metro PCS. Metro PCS is cheaper, but you know you're getting better service with Verizon. Yeah, but you know what? Verizon's got to do something. My bill is, is like, I just look at it and I'm like, what am I paying for? Same thing with Cablevision, but that's a whole other story. But you're right. I mean, listen, if you really need that, like I need the phone for work. Mm -hmm. And I had T-Mobile for years. Mm -hmm. And they just kept dropping calls like crazy. And, you know, and as a matter of fact, one day I get a call from T-Mobile. Oh, hey, you know, how's your, how's it been going with us? I don't know. Out of the blue, I get a customer service call. And I said, well, to be honest, I'm dropping more calls than the Mets drop fly balls. It's terrible. <laughs> well, where do you live? I said, I'm in Ridgewood. He goes, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to send a guy out there to the tower and see if there's a problem with the tower. And I said, Bro, you are not sending a guy to climb a tower because Kenny Lee is having problems with his phone. <laughs> Stop. No, Mr. Lee, we're going to get a guy. Okay. Well, after you get the guy on the tower, give me a call. A week later or something, hey, this is whatever from uh, uh, T-Mobile, customer service. Yeah. Well, just letting you know, Mr. Lee, we did have somebody go out and check that tower. I said, no, you did not have a guy go and climb that tower to see what's wrong. And if you did, I'm still dropping phone calls. So no shot. It's, I mean, come on, stop. That's, That's a lie I wouldn't even tell. No, no, no. What about you? What's your objection? That Wait, you didn't even say one that you can't get over. What's one uh, that's hard, like the, the way they look? Uh, the way they look, you yeah. know, listen, you know, hey, these objections... Well, my wife doesn't like the way they look. Hey, buddy, she married you, so looks aren't that important, are they? <laughs> so, you know, I don't get it. You're not staring at your roof. Like, like Joe, I look around your house and you have a lovely home. As a matter of fact, I'm casing it as I'm looking around. Like, yeah. uh, I like those paintings. Uh, let me. He's going to steal painting, my picture. I can't, I can't walk out with a painting. I'm something small, you know, jewelry or something. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, which parents' bedroom is the best? Yeah. Yeah, you mind if I use the upstairs bathroom? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have a phobia about the downstairs yeah. bathroom. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, you don't spend your time on your lawn staring at your roof. It's a small sacrifice. A handful of panels. Am I still good? Yeah. A handful of panels on a roof you never look at to have more disposable income. And having the solar, I really do believe it, it has a domino effect. This is a problem I have with the towns too. You'll hold up a permit because the guy has an illegal deck. You want to nickel and dime this poor guy? Do you know what the solar does for the community? He puts that on 
the roof. He's saving money. Where's he going to spend that money? In the community. Linda, he's going to go to the diner. The movies. The whatever. movies, more karate lessons for his kids. That money circulates through the community. Are you still mm-hmm. taking karate, Ken? Uh, no. What I do you haven't. mean? You were? And you didn't now, know about this? Oh. Uh, I was, uh, well, you want to tell the story? Can, can you imagine Kenny in, in like a, Wait, in a what do white you mean? karate gi? Did I miss something? Like yellow belt? Hey, don't come into my dojo making <laughs> threats, old man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let me tell you something. What was yeah. Karate here and karate here. <laughs> Remember that. What was that? That was um, that was like Dave Chappelle's show. What? What? Ch- Charlie Murphy talking about. Uh... Oh no no! It was Rick James talking about Charlie Murphy taking karate lessons and stuff. He's like, what's a grown man doing taking karate? <laughs> no, I don't remember. I guess it's funny I, when they tell I got to watch fun. it. I have i haven't seen the Charlie Moore. He's rest in peace, you know, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, all right, Charlie. Yes, yeah, he's, he's out of here. Oh, that's another one, Eddie Murphy. Was he one of your favorites growing up? Eddie Murphy, let me tell you something. Eddie Murphy was hysterical. You know, I get, you know, I'm funny in my own little way, but there were some guys that when I look at them and watch them, I'm jealous of how oh. funny they are. Murphy's one, Chris Rock is another, and I, and, and Jerry Seinfeld, because he, he's just so clever, I'm like, oh, man. And uh, it's a little, not, I'm not a professional, obviously. I have no reason to be jealous, but I think I'm funny and I want to be funny and I'm just so jealous of it's some funny. of these when, guys. When, when I talk about you to people, like I was talking about, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be with this guy. He's a stand-up comedian type. They're like, oh, is he really a stand-up? I'm like, yeah, he pretty much is. Type. That's what we were talking about yeah, before but you, you got but here. you don't actually go and perform. Again, going back to, we, we, I'm situational we funny. My strength would be, hey, listen, you know, you put me in a, in, in a room with guys who are writing scripts. And you could react. Or skits. Hey, you know, I can, that's where a strong suit. Like if I was a writer on, you know, if I was in the, in the 40s, 50s, your show of shows with Sid Caesar, which you guys have no idea, Google it. Uh, where Woody Allen, got, guys like Woody Allen got his start. Mm. Or, you know, it, it, around the table is something like Saturday Night Live or National Lampoon Magazine and stuff. That's just, that would be the niche for me. Okay. You know, I would, you know, everyone likes to be noticed and have adulation, be the guy out there and have the crowd yelling, you know, and screaming for you. Hey, that's pretty cool. But, you know, I don't know if that would really be a strong suit. Have you ever and tried I, it before? No. Not, well, we were saying, like, you got to suck to be good at it. You know, you have yeah. to be horrible at first. And but he, I, don't I don't think, think he wants the be. bomb. I'll t- well, but let me tell you a story. The first time ever, my Uncle Harold, my, my Uncle Harold I loved, and he was uh, a rabbi, and he was also involved in theater stuff. So he did, when we were kids, he worked in a, in a church, um, a theater group in a church in Brooklyn, uh, St. Something or Others. And um, they were doing a variety show. So he says, I want you to be the MC. And I was maybe nine or 10, somewhere in there. And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to be the MC. So as I don't know if you kids knew, if you guys know this, but there was a a, a magazine called Highlights when we were a kid, yeah. and it was a kids magazine. Okay, so this is where I got all the jokes from. Uh, I would I, we had stacks of them, but we got it. Everyone, I said, let me go through it. Oh, this is a funny, this is a funny joke. So I remember I get out there, and it's a packed house. I get out there, center stage. I got the microphone, and I'll never forget it. My first joke was, you know, or well, maybe good evening. I was, Do you know? They say that water doesn't conduct electricity, but that's not true because every time I'm in the bathtub, the phone rings, and it was crickets. 
I mean, it was. I don't think I get it. Yeah, I, <laughs> don't blame me. Blame highlights. I didn't write the joke. I stole it. <laughs> you got it. All right, I got it. But what that is, was. Explain that one. What do you mean? Because you know you're in the bathtub. The phone uh, rings. Oh, I'm in the bathtub, and the phone is ringing. In the old days, you had to get out of the tub. The phone wasn't the cell phone you had oh, on the side. Yeah. You had to get. And the phone was not anywhere near the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It was in the living room or in the kitchen or in the bedroom. So the Fuck phone. The and phone. there's no answering <laughs> machine. See, we, so you got to get up. And when you got calls in the old in the old days, it's a big I deal. Got the crank phone. A it was a big deal. Someone was calling for something. Yeah, there was yeah no, that's like, true. That's true. Somebody calling to sell you something. It was a family member. Somebody in trouble. Mm-hmm. Your mother. Your grandmother. Rancher uncle it was somebody calling with some it's reason true. to call mm-hmm. not now it's like oh, i was calling what are you doing yeah like if i'm right, listening to somebody on the other end of the phone what am i doing yeah so if right now one of our phones started ringing we'd be like oh shit my phone's ringing but yeah. if this was 30 years ago <gasps> the guy's phone's ringing. the phone's ringing it's, a, yeah. it's like that comedian with the cake which is or, very clever no it's the guy you know sebastian Mena. that's the guy oh, that's yeah. a very clever I've thing and then you know i can relate what? to that more than you guys the tall italian guy yeah that's him yeah I can relate to that more than you guys because that's how it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, you know, when somebody came, it was like, yeah. yeah. And even I talk <laughs> about it in relation to this job. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch, I'm a big fan of old black and white movies. And you would see somebody go up to the door, they ring the bell, and the wife would answer or a butler or whatever it was. Oh, I'm here to see Mr. Jones. Is he in? Sure. Why don't you step in? And they're real good. We're begging to get it. We're conning people. Hey, I know I'm letting your heat out. Do you mind if I stand right there for a second? We're conning them to get now. And once upon a time, they just let you in. It was no yeah. big deal. And the guy with the cake was the same thing. Oh, yeah, you had, you know, you someone may come over and the bell ring, you got excited. And now it's the same way. You Like he says, the bell rings. And like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so again, the, the, the getting joke, back to the joke, yeah. it was like you actually had to get out of the bathtub, trek across the house, and it was a... The key being it was an inconvenient time to have the phone ring. You're in the bathtub, and that's really what the joke was. But it was crickets. I mean, you guys didn't land. Wait, and how old were you during this? It, it, nine or ten. Wait, didn't you play basketball when you were a kid? Um, I did. He's been with Jewish Center. Well, let me finish this story, and I'll get to that <laughs> one. Okay. So from then, it was stage four. I could not. I was terrified. I don't remember anything else about that night, except that one little piece. I couldn't tell you anything, how long it went, what else was going on, how it ended. It ended for me within another 60 seconds of it starting, really. But from there, it was, it was, it was, I couldn't get up. Even, you know, like years later, my mother's 50th birthday party, you know, my, they, my brother's like, oh, so I guess you're going to like run this thing. I'm like, I'm me. And, but it was everyone I knew, family, friends, I knew everybody. And I remember, my mother has the video. You know, my cousin is doing the video and people are getting up and saying thing. And it's like, you could see it pans to me and I'm sitting there like, (laughs) (laughs) no, 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 no. And I'll tell you what got me over it. You guys know a little bit. I had a little substance problem at one time and I had gone into rehab. And when you go, you know, this particular uh, uh, gig was, you know, they had the meeting every morning and period, you had to stand up and do something. You had to read the headlines, read the weather, tell a joke, sing a song. So, you know, it was a real diverse crowd. When I mean diverse crowd, it was me and like 200 black guys. So So I get up there and I start telling Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Wait, wait, what was the order of it again? Pardon? What was the order of what you had to recite every morning? You had had to either do a song, read the weather, the horoscope, the headline from the paper, maybe the sports headline, you know, the Mets lost as usual. Or tell a, you had to do something. And okay. they rotated. They picked you. Okay, today's your day. 
and this is what you pick what you want to do. Okay. So I'm not singing, you know. Uh, I'll tell I'll I'll tell some jokes. So I get up there and I'm telling Rodney Dangerfield jokes, you know, and boo. They're not landing. They're not, it's the wrong crowd, you know, wrong crowd for that. And then to me, it became a f- an fu thing. Yeah, okay, you don't like that one. How about this one? And I would just and every time the opportunity came, yeah, I'll go. And it was a just to stick it to them thing. You don't think I'm funny? <laughs> Try this, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and they started to warm up. Eventually, because you? you know what? Then eventually, you know, I started just writing material based on the people who were in there and goofing on them. And again, it's saying, you know, it's like Rodney going back to reworking the joke. Like, That's not funny. This is funny. You know, blah, blah. and then little by little, there was a more acceptance of me in in, the, mm-hmm. in that community. But even more so, it got me over standing up in front of people and talking. Okay. And so, you know, aside from being drug free, that's the second <laughs> best thing that, um, that being in that, uh, in that facility did for me. Cause now I don't care. I, you know, I'll stand up in front of, yeah, you used to do numbers. Yeah. It yeah. was great. Listen, and we had like 60 people. at one point. Yeah. No, Everyone awesome. listen, there were some people listen, it's some part of me is a, is a, is a, is a natural showman. And part of me likes to show off. I'm sure everyone has that in them. I remember you dropped the one. It was something about a Filipino houseboy. <laughs> what was that one? Then? It, it was Jeff G. <laughs> <laughs> I don't call him Filipino. <laughs> he goes, I'm Asian. I said, let me tell you a story. <laughs> one of my favorite Babe Ruth stories is Babe Ruth goes to um, Hawaii on vacation. And he comes back and he's telling a story about him playing an exhibition game with these Hawaiians. And he says... <laughs> So anyway, these 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 Filipinos were really tricky. They tried to do this, and his wife would say, "Babe, they were Hawaiians." He goes, "Oh, that's right." So anyway, this little Filipino guy, and like three or four times, he kept saying Filipino, and his wife kept correcting him, and he says, "God damn it, call them fucking Eskimos. Who cares?" <laughs> Babe Ruth said that. Babe Ruth, yeah, wow. listen, Babe Ruth. I got two idols: Babe Ruth and Keith Richards. And Babe Ruth... It's diverse. <laughs> pretty much. Huh? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've read Babe Ruth's biography a hundred times. It's... I just... I'm just... And even when I was a kid, I had a book. It was called Babe Ruth Baseball Boy. And I took... As far as I knew, I was going to be a baseball player when I grew up. Mm-hmm. The only one thing kept me out of the major leagues. Talent. So... <laughs> I would I crossed out his name and put in my name, Kenneth Lee. When I was a kid, I was Kenneth. So, you know, Babe Ruth, da da. Oh, no, no, Kenneth Lee. And that's cool. And I just wanted to be a baseball player, and Babe Ruth was the best. And mm-hmm. for some reason, Ian, he was my idol. But you didn't even grow up during Babe Ruth's time. No, like, not at all. Unless I'm missing something here. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, extremely yeah. well. Like, my favorite that. player is Jeter, because I grew up with well, Jeter. Well, there you, you go. Know? Like, that's, that's Anno- my idol. And I read his biography a hundred times, you know? Another great player. But none yeah. of them will ever be Babe Ruth. He was the greatest. No one will ever compare. I don't care. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, when I say to you, Who's the greatest baseball player of all time? If Babe Ruth doesn't come out of your mouth in two seconds, you don't know shit about nothing. Yeah. There's, there's no comparison. It's funny because even kids who know nothing about sports at all, like my sister, she, she knows who Babe Ruth is, you know, and Derek Jeter too, I guess, because we're in New York. But, like, everyone knows Babe Ruth. Just It's funny, though. Like, they probably don't even know what he looks like. They just know his name. Uh, listen, you know, the funny thing about Ruth was he was popular across the world in a time where there was only newspaper. 
there was very little radio, and he was so widely known across this country and in the world. As a matter of fact, during World War II, one of the Japanese war cries was, to hell with Babe Ruth. Wow. That's a true really? story. Yeah, it's That's... a true story. He was so well known worldwide and only through newspaper. He stood for America, basically. In the hey, listen, he, he was, Babe Ruth was definitely one of the most iconic American figures you know, forgetting about it, it's a sports thing. You know, is as American as the flag. He was as far huge, as I'm concerned. and he was a huge into uh, charity work. Like he would, ha- he would be with kids and like helping them out. Right. He like, did a lot of, you know, he worked with kids a lot, and you know that, you know, the thing with Ruth was that he was he never got past being a kid himself. I mean, he was a kid who was literally abandoned by his parents, put into an orphanage. It was an orphanage. It was a. It was a the St. Mary's School for Boys in Baltimore, and it was really for orphans. But he wasn't an orphan. He was just so incorrigible. His parents couldn't handle him, wow, so yeah. they stuck him in this place. Wow. And it was run by the Zaverian Brotherhood, and they were all monks, I guess monks. And it, it was a very restricted environment, and it was just him and hundreds of other boys uh, who had were orphans or incorrigible like him. And, you know, he had, it was all structured since he was like seven or eight. So when he gets sprung loose from this place, everything is new to him because he had never been out beside those walls except maybe once or twice. So he started getting money and fame and the childhood, you know, it's a cliche in some way. Oh, I never had a childhood. Well, he really didn't. And then he gets out and he wants to do everything. He wants to eat everything there is. He wants to do whatever. Wow. He can because he didn't do anything. And, you know, he liked kids because I guess he associated with them more than adults. Mm -hmm. Like me with the horses. I would much rather, like, I like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather, but I'd much rather spend my day in the barn working with the animals than dealing with people. People suck. Horses are highly intelligent. No, they're stupid. Are they? Oh, yes. You're yeah. smart. Does that how smart how how dumb horses are? You're smarter than really them. horses are smart in their own way. So but people are full of shit when they're like horses are very smart. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, what's your definition Maybe of that's smart? Elephants. If you, if you're thinking it's pigs. pigs, it's your definition of smart though. Like no, that elephants pigs, but like. You could you could think like a freaking amoeba is smarter than a well, human because it could split itself and like keep like yeah right you know, like, like de- define intelligence exactly like critical like, thinking no it's yeah. a fucking well course. of course yeah. but, but listen like you know memory. they're just they're generally dopey and yeah. you know they're you know you have some horses that are smarter than others and some you know you can you know you train a horse by repetition like he doesn't automatically trot and canter. I mean, it's in his mind and in his gene. He knows how to do it, but you have to teach him through repetition the signals to get him to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can teach your dog, hey, go fetch. You know, I could throw, I could spend 20 hours throwing a ball in my horse and he's going to look at me and goes, what, am I, what, do, what do you want me, what do you want me to do with that thing? <laughs> he's going to stand there and look and say, you got an apple maybe in your pocket instead? Mm-hmm. That's all he wants. You know, yeah. horse has two things on his mind. <laughs> What's... <laughs> The w- when's when's dinner coming and how can I poop it out later on? <laughs> horse kno- and the thing about horses, horse knows two things. Horse knows between the two of you who knows more. Horse will always know he knows more than you. And mm-hmm. this is how you get horses to I don't want to use the word obey, but to to work with you because they know you know more and they know horses will do anything you ask him to do if you ask him to do it in the way he's been trained to do it. Mm-hmm. So like I'm teaching my horse how to bow. 
Okay, and he's not getting it. He gets it, and he doesn't get it. And literally, bow like on yeah, your... bow. You know, bow his head. Oh wow. Yeah, I like mean, it, I want it, him to you... do it with breaking his leg at the time. You know, like a Curtsy? a real bow. Yeah, <laughs> but we, I, I can't. I'm not skilled enough to get him to do that. But I can get him to put his head to down. put his head down. He's Asian, I... right? Your horse? My horse is Asian. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Asian. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to see you oh, today. <laughs> oh, is that, oh, is that racist? I'm sorry. I brought that one in. So anyway, I'm losing um, Instagram followers as so, we speak right now. Oh, I just got a text by the, yo. Someone just texted me by the way and said it keeps cutting out, but it looks good. So you're probably not on Wi-Fi. Ooh, you know if you, I don't know if you want to re- shut it. You got the here. fizzle for Wi Fizzle? Yeah, yeah. Hold on one sec. Yeah, go uh, for it. I can't believe I'm losing. See, this is why I didn't want to come on a show like this. I was afraid of losing Instagram followers. <laughs> you have none. You know, can't get worse. I, I should have went on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Well, next time and they'll have you back. Next time. <laughs> so you know, we started with okay. Here, I'm going to wave this carrot in front of your nose, and I'm going to keep lowering it, lowering it between your legs. And say bow, bow, and tap, and then okay. As soon as you got low enough, I gave it to you. This sounds like the first time you walked to the gym. <laughs> you know, I still have the receipt from that, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, if they want to come by my house, they could use the Wi-Fi. D i d d y one two three. You got it. Get on there. All right, so you got your horse bowing. Uh, trying to, I mean, and and, and part of it. How my, old is your horse? Um, he's going to be twenty two in April. And they can still. It's not like a dog learning new tricks. Like <laughs> horses can still learn. I guess. I mean, it's it's all in the quality of the teaching you give him. Yeah. And and the repetition. It's got to be the same way, the same way every single time. No deviation, because that's how they pick up. They pick up through repetition, doing the same thing the same way. And positive, you know, like kids, positive, negative. Reinforcement. Reinforcement, that's correct. Yeah. And you just got, you know, it's, you know, I haven't worked on it a half hour every single day since I've got him. You know, we do it sporadically. He gets the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I snap, I go bow, bow. And he's like, I know you got something. <laughs> and and because now he's just so, okay, he's saying bow and he's going to have something. But mm. do I, can I stay here and get it? Do I have to really go all the way down? To get it. And then as I lower the snapping, he then he gets it. Okay, that's what okay. I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But the goal is to get him to do it without having to give him the treat. Yeah. You know, you want him to do it on command. I don't know if you saw uh, Django. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. So the guy, uh, uh, Christoph Waltz, his horse, he goes, oh, my, this is my horse, whatever the horse's name was. And the horse bows his head. Mm-hmm. Someone told him to do that. There's a signal he's getting mm-hmm. somewhere, either off screen, the train is in front of him making the signal from the do it. Or maybe he's just pulling the rain a little bit that you don't really see. So he's getting the signal to do the bow mm-hmm. somehow. Just nod his head like that. Buttercup? I don't think it was Buttercup. No, your horse's name. I forgot. Yeah, thank you. Rolex. Rolex. His name what is, is Rolex. Buttercup? Oh, Buttercup's from uh, Half Powerpuff Baked. Girls. No, it's from Half Baked. <laughs> Remember when they feed, oh, they yeah, feed they the feed horse on the side of the road? Yeah. And he goes, Buttercup! Yeah. Uh, Half Baked. <laughs> I, I think I know that movie. With Dave Chappelle and. Uh, I think I might have seen that a long time ago. The goat guy from SNL. Yeah. Did the goat noise. They uh, said there's, Jim Brewer. There's back feed. Yeah, Jim Brewer. They said there's a lot of uh, static right now since you moved the phone. Excellent. So I don't know what you want to do. Do you think my phone's dancing on the uh, box of cookies? I don't know. Right? How could there be static right now? I don't get it. But whatever. You guys are. Can't address it. You guys are going to deal with it. See, this is why we got to get, uh, get it going for real. Um. All right. What did you do today? I've been up since five thirty this morning. Working, working. What are you doing these days? I moved. I remember you were at the beds. 
I was in, I went I you wet well, the bed, I came right? from beds. I came you went from, from beds. beds to solar. To solar. Right. And then you went back to beds. No, I went to mortgages. Learned mortgages. Well, did you work in just recently somewhere else? For about eight weeks. Okay, there you yeah. go. All right. So I lost track of I just needed that. something to do. Okay, yeah. Um and then maybe about eight months before that I started uh I, I'd been in sales for thirteen years now, mm-hmm. fourteen years. And it's it came to a point where I was like, wow, I've pretty much done everything. I've done retail, I've done door to door, I've done this, mm-hmm. this, and that. And I have some background in marketing, um, computer work and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, let me come off as a consultant for people. And I linked up with one client. Business is in. It's a landscaping business. Okay. Yeah. But uh, no pesticides or anything like that. It's all organic. So kind of just like using the earth to heal the earth type deal. It's very cool. He's very into it. Um, and then Does he have solar? He does not have solar. Uh, then he's not into it. He's Ooh. just talking about profit. You see, he's got to listen. You got to tell him, thinking... listen, man, you want to walk the walk, you got to have solar on this house. Otherwise, I can't work with you anymore. And I know just the guy. Uh, you know what? <laughs> You'd be the first one I'd send over. I appreciate it very After much. Jesse and Danae. And... Oh, oh. <laughs> we could do, we do, we'll go together. The odd finger is in. I'm yeah, a fair right. guy. We'll do the odd finger and oh my whoever God. wins, wins. And then uh, I actually got linked up with... Um, with his son, who runs a telecommunications firm um, out of Island Park. And I've been doing that for the last two months now. So I work in the marketing department. I'm also doing straight sales. I've been doing cold calls on the phone. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to be, I'm actually going to the city tomorrow to go do some like closing appointments for some businesses. Good. So it's business to business. But yeah, that's, all that's business. pretty much it. It's all business. And then, yeah, I worked from what, nine to five today. And then I had a meeting from five to about eight. And then I just ran over here and. Was that the AA no meeting God. or? Yeah. <laughs> no one likes a quitter, Kevin. Yeah, no Come on. Hey, listen, that's what I said when I got into rehab. rehab. Hey, man, rehab's for quitters. <laughs> I actually. Uh, <laughs> and that's when you got addicted to black guys. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was that one time I was really drunk. So you're, so you're still sober, right? Oh, yeah. Loving it. <laughs> Except when he's. You st- <laughs> You know what Kenny used to have me do? I'm high on life, man. Kenny used to be like, can I get, he goes up to him and be like, hey, can I have some weed? And you I go, like, you want to go, what, what are you talking about, Kenny? Yeah. I still have that. Do you really? I still I was going to ask little, if you needed I, more. No. <laughs> I still I still have, it's probably still my I still have a, a, it's a bud from the Addy's day. Oh, that's right. I re up that I still that have that. It's re up. <laughs> you re up. Because, you know, I like the smell of it. So you think weed is a drug, I guess? I can't listen. I can only speak for me, mm-hmm. and you know they yeah, talk about your opinion. They well, no, I, my experience. You know, they say about weed being the gateway drug and this and that, and it, it depends on the personality. Apparently, weed. You know, I started with smoking pot, and then you know, as a teenager in high school and stuff, I did pills. I liked the downers, the quaaludes, the mm-hmm. two That was my thing. I never did uppers because I was hyper to begin with. I didn't need it. I tried it once. And it just, it, it it weirded me out. I was sweating and got the jitters. I'm like, where's the fun in this? Yeah. Uh, but I liked the down. I was like, hey, man. You know, mm-hmm. that was my thing. And then I had a little uh, um, experience then I, uh, when I was living in a country club up uh, state New York in Westchester, Sleepy Owl Country Club. I was taking care of uh, horses in a country club. And uh, I worked like a split schedule, like I did from like, I don't know, seven to noon, and then I was off again till five, and then the customers would come for the lessons, and I would go back to work. Mm-hmm. So I remember taking a two and all, okay, after is. my shift. They were a little, it's a downer. Okay. Okay. 
And so I took the two and all. I put my TV dinner in the oven. Next thing I know, my dog is barking. They're banging on the door. The house is filled with smoke. I could have burned the fucking house down. Wow. And that was the last time I did a, a pill. Wait, weren't mm. those in Wolf of Wall Street? Those are like the real quaaludes. quaaludes. No, those were quaaludes. We had quaaludes. I like the quaaludes too. I don't okay. know if what we ever got was real. I mean, they had the little stamp, Roar 714. Mm. And it's interesting because Babe Bruce, my idol, he had 714 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> and the quaalude, it had 714. Wow. Then figure. As a matter of fact, Joe Friday from the, uh, the old TV show Dragnet, which you wouldn't know, but our older, our older listen, listeners, which will only be my mother, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, would know. Uh, Dragnet, well, is Jack Webb, who is the star of it, he was a cop, and his badge number was 714 because Babe Ruth was his idol. Wow. Yes, there you go. So, um, that you was know, the, the last one. So that the last downer I did was that. And then eventually I, I had gotten into cocaine. That's an upper, though. Well, you know what? It had the reversed effect on me. You see, my body chemistry or my mental makeup as it is <laughs> pot made me more amplified wow me too okay and the coke which should have done that made me more introverted wow. so when i first my first cocaine experience um i had known a guy his name was peter wood and peter wood uh, was a music musician and he wrote the song year of the cat which was a big big hit and his wife maggie taught lessons at the riding stable and I had a, the big thing for Maggie. She was British. She was a little older. And I had a thing for her. And anyway, so um, Peter uh, and I got a bit friendly. And so we would chat. He'd come to the stable. We'd chat all the time. He would, thought wanted to learn a little bit more about baseball. And we were chatting and this and that. So he has a party. He goes, hey, listen, I'm having a party. I want you to come. And I'm like, no, because they were older. And I was still a kid, 20, 21, somewhere in there. I'm like, no, you know, you guys are a little older. I wouldn't feel, I'd feel out of place. He goes, no, I really want you to come. So I said, all right, I'll come. So I get to the party and Peter and I standing in the middle of the room, we're talking about something, the infield fly rule or whatever it was. So the cocaine tray comes around. So he does a one and one and he hands it to me. He says, I says, no, nah, thanks. I'm a pothead. You know, I don't, I don't do that. And he goes, have you ever tried it? And I said, no, I haven't. And he goes, well, one line's not going to kill you. Well, famous last words. I did a one-in-one, one and we're standing there talking, and all of a sudden... One-in-one, meaning one nostril. One nostril, one, nostril, one, one okay. in Spanish, uno se uno, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so I did my little one-in-one, and, one, mm -hmm. and, you know, got the drip back, whatever. And then all, a couple minutes go by, and all of a sudden, the feeling's just not right. And I said, listen, I got to go lay down. And he goes, why? He goes, because if I don't lay down right now, I'm going to fall down in the middle of your body. Wow. So this was like 1981, 82, and, and I never tried it again until like maybe in 1985. Why I tried it again, I don't know because the experience I had was so bad. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the experience that I did it again, but that got me off to the races. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started it again. And getting back to the original thing, was pot the gateway toward these other things? For me, it, in the end, it turned out to be. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would if my kids were going to choose between drinking alcohol and smoking pot, I'd rather they smoke pot because mm -hmm. it just seems there's less trouble behind mm -hmm. it. Alcohol is just bad news, mm -hmm. and it's it only leads to trouble from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, for me, the experience being that, uh, in retrospect, the pot turned out to be the gateway from. Everything else that went wrong and went haywire. What, but what's the gateway that led you to pot? You probably drank. No, not at all. I no? was never. Listen, even today, 
what I really miss is a nice cold Heineken on a hot day, mm-hmm. going to the bar and having a Jim Beam and Jim Ginger Ale or a shot of Shivers. I was never a drinker. Mm-hmm. I never liked the alcohol high mm-hmm. to excess. Like the Coke, hey, you know what Coke is? Coke makes you want to do more things. One thing, more Babble. Coke. That's it. And no, Babble. and just do more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're never going to get, once you get that peak, you're never getting any higher. You're just doing it to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And with me, I was the ultimate social drinker. I could go out and nurse two beers all night long. When I lived in Virginia, I was always the designated driver because I, I could take it or leave it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, hey, listen, I would go in the parking lot and smoke. <laughs> but I, these maniacs, the way they would drink, I'm like, I'm not going to you drive. Forget it. So we every time we went out, it was because there was nothing to do you there were fine except with go it. to the bar. You know, I could go in have my Heineken just when I walked in and then nothing the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And we'd be there for hours. Yeah. And it didn't matter to me. I didn't, you know, I don't like the excess of high of alcohol. You yeah. know? No, it fuck and anything like uh it, it it takes away your I don't know, I guess what they say is inhibitions, right? That's what they say. It well takes listen, away. everyone responds to it. Listen, drunks will tell you one of two things how much they lucky like you or how much they hate you <laughs> i like quiet drunks when we were the bar we used to hang out in brooklyn there was a guy named mo moses and i liked mo mo was my kind of drunk nice and quiet he'd sit at the bar you could talk to him he'll laugh along with you watch the ball game and then you kenny how you do get over here i'm like oh man and they give you that slap on the back of the neck how you doing man oh man i Hate that. I know the guy that Amplified, you're about. Everyone knows that kind of guy. Yeah. The amplified loud drunk, I cannot stand. Mm-hmm. I can't stand. I like a quiet drunk. That, what's a quiet drunk? How do you tell? Like Mo. You see, he sits at the bar and he laughs. Sometimes he's laughing to himself and like, what are you laughing at? Nah, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because it's in your head. Yeah. But they're quiet. They're not animated. Not looking you for can, a fight. Right. Or just not being stupid. You know, he's sitting mm-hmm. there. He's having his drinks. He's getting lit. And he's relatively tame. But then you have the others. They just, it magnifies something in them. And they just become so unbearably obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. It happens often. I mean, that's, I think majority of people are like, get amplified like that. I get, I, I, definitely I don't know. Relate. I used to bartend a little bit. That's right. And I had to drink when I bartended. Oh, yeah. You to. couldn't put water in could, the shot? I could not fucking stand drunk people when I was sober. Oh. <laughs> I could not. I was I like, I fucking that. go and hang out next to these people? This is ridiculous. Yeah, I got to be in that we level <laughs> if I'm going to deal with this shit. I know what you're saying. Not like wasted. But yeah, no, I had to have like a buzz on to, to be able to put up with people's uh, shit. That's kind of mm-hmm. understandable. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. And I miss, you know, again, you know, could I probably have a drink? Probably, but to me, it's not worth the risk. I think the last drink I had was um, my brother's wedding, I guess. How many? A glass of champagne, and I get no buzz from it, so it was a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) How long ago? I don't know how long he's been married. Uh, That's a good question. Like 20 years? No, maybe... uh, 10? 10-ish, maybe 8. I'm not sure if I had a a champagne at my my nephew. My my godson actually got married in Atlanta two years ago. Mm. I can't remember if I had a, a glass of champagne at that wedding. I can't recall. You know, you know. So yourself. it's not like something that's like you're gonna have one sip and you're gonna break that, da- break down and go. Here's back. the problem: you never know. Because listen, when I was in rehab, did that. I read the AA Blue Book three, four times. Every single story was the same. Mm. Guy had some sober time. Hey, I'm a different person. 
Now I know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. You have the one, you know, you get away with it. You try it again. Oh, you know, I had one. I was good. I had one now. I'm still good. You know what? I could have the other one. And every story started that way. Steamrolled. And it's yep. steamrolled. And you're not a different person. You're the same jerk off you were before who can't yep. control your that's, addiction. That's so, very wise that you know yourself. And you, oh, yeah. you know. Know yourself, you know, know your no, worth. There's no reason to feed the beast. So, so you're saying like an addict is an addict forever? More likely. Yeah. You know, listen, you can't, listen, to me, it's, listen, the, the only thing that's going to make me relapse is when the doctor says to me, listen, you got six months to live. I'm going to say, doc, I'm only taking three. And I'm going out in style. <laughs> but to me, it's not worth the risk. I would love to puff a dupe. I mean, pot was my thing. I did nothing without being, without being high or smoking. And it's not because, oh, I can't do this without smoking. It's just what I was, I did. Mm-hmm. Playing ball, riding the horses, the, my bicycle, working. Listen, when I took care of police horses, I was high all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they had no idea. And even later on when I had the job, I was doing coke. Oh, wow. And, yeah, That's a little different. In the police station. I mean. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. You know, the cops. In there, you did Yeah. It. What, in the bathroom? <laughs> no, actually, like the cops, I shouldn't, you know, they've had some old news. Yeah. In the cops' locker room. I mean, listen, wow. the, the cops would, we worked a rotating shift. So sometimes we you, every third week you pulled the midnight to seven shift. So the cops had come in off patrol, gone by twelve. The horses had to sleep, so they're sleeping in the barn, and I'm up there, you know, doing lines on the table. Hey, give me the guy shield. Let me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, and just you know, the, I was a drug addict, and you know, here I'm working. It's the middle of the night. Nothing's going on. I'm watching. Robin Bird on the uh, on cable. She was a girl had this like semi X rated TV show on Manhattan Cable. Yeah, and I'm doing lines, you yeah. know. Or if I went in the backyard to blow, you know, I couldn't smoke, smoke. in the barn, so I had to go yeah. back on. And I'll even tell you a funny story. When I had that job, first stop was in the Bronx, and there was a guy who had pigeons, and they raced. They were racing pigeons, and it just turned out that. His name was Cecil, and he knew my old man. They used to uh, trail horses together years ago for another horse company. So he'd come, he was retired, and he would come and mess with the birds. And his son on the weekends would come and mess with the birds. And he was a young black fella, you know, real cool, regular guy. So one day, you know, it was a Saturday, and there was no cops working, and it was outdoors in the middle of the park in the Bronx. So I did what I had to do with the horses. So dupe time. So I go in the back, and all of a sudden, I hear a car pull up, and here comes the kid. So he's like, I say, what's going on? He said, I'm going to take care of the birds. And I'm like, so we're chatting, and and I was going to ask him if he smoked. But for some reason, it popped into my head to ask him what he, I said, what do you, Cecil? He was Cecil Jr. I said, Cecil. What do you do for a living? He goes, oh, I'm a cop over here in the Bronx at the 2501. Oh. It was this close to saying, yo, man, you want to blow one with me? Or what? <laughs> that would have been bad. Yeah. That would have been bad. News. Nah. Who knows? You know, cops party. You, you think they're more lenient yes. back then or now, cops, with weed? I think because now they're... Probably back then. It's decriminalized now, though. Well, see, the city, you know, <laughs> when I was young, it was great. You could smoke anywhere. We would walk down the block, puffing a dube, midtown, anywhere. It didn't matter. No it was one a different swore. world. Like before Giuliani, oh, yeah. Yeah, you could smoke, That's right. smoke a joint with a hooker. And <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Before Giuliani. Right That's on 42nd it. Street. You could get it all. 
And uh, it was, you know, it was the cops, you know, they had, listen, it wasn't like you were walking past a cop and blowing his face. We walked past cop. You'd cup it and put your hands in your pocket and walk past him like nothing. And then once you got far enough away from you, you pulled it out again. I used to, when I worked, I told the story about the country club where it was burned down the place. I used to go from there, take the metro line into the city to get my pot because I didn't have a connection up there. So payday or the next day, whatever it was, I had a spot on West 89th Street that I got pot there from 1977 up until I stopped smoking pot and doing drugs in 2001. It was the same spot, the same people. They were just there forever. Right, I can tell you another good story. That about goes it. back to you saying you like doing the same I thing like the same. and not breaking the They were very consistent. Yeah. And uh, so I used to take the train down and, uh, it, you know, I'd buy a bunch of weed to take back. And in those days, you could smoke on the train, cigarettes. Wow. And I took it a step further. So I would buy the sporting news, you know, and it was a newspaper. It's all sports. And I'd roll the dube in my seat. And the train would leave and we're in the smoking section and I'd have a cigarette in one hand and I'd have the dube underneath the paper <sighs> taking puffs. And I got away with that for months and months and months <laughs> back and forth, you know, going back really in, in, into Westchester. Until one day I'm reading in the co- and the conductor comes by and goes, what are you doing over there? What do you mean what am I doing? He goes, you can't smoke that in this car. I said, I don't worry in the smoking car. He goes, yeah, you can't smoke that. that. And then, you know, you come to a point where, okay, I'm pressing my luck. So then I just held off. You know, I just never did it again. Yeah. But it was a lot more loose in the city where you can, you in those days, you could do it, you know, could smoke anywhere. Yeah. Middle of Central Park, 42nd Street, Park Avenue, didn't matter. Yeah, I think it's going back that way, though. Because yeah, you could do that in Colorado. You could smoke anywhere. Yeah, somehow I don't really think you're going to see people dubbing up walking down Fifth Avenue Can in I New York anytime something? soon. I read an article maybe like six or eight months ago, and it was about New York City pot smokers are lighting up on the side of the street. Yeah? And how apparently it's just Terrific. becoming non... Because uh, what are they going to do? Get a ticket? That's the worst that could happen. Uh, I mean, know? that's what, again, if you ever and got, now. I never got one, but if you ever got in trouble, they, they would just, you know, you got a ticket for, I forget whatever the term was, public nuisance or something. Mm-hmm. But back then, they could have taken you to jail for that if they wanted to. <sighs> they could have, but the cop's not wasting his time because I'm sitting there, you know, smoking a dude. I mean, listen, if he, but I'll tell you, when I was in high school, decided to sell pot. Yeah. And <laughs> decided. So my buddy, Talked me into this guy I worked with at the bagel store, the bagel baker. You missed that part of the story. And I, I talked this guy into lending me the money to get a pound. A of Jewish pot. guy worked at a bagel store. Go my, figure. My what are the odds of that? <laughs> was that was that salted or unsalted locks, man? So get your thumb off the scale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was a quick aside, my brother worked at Wolbaum's, which was a supermarket, and he worked in the deli, and he actually sliced his finger on the slicer. Oh, so really? I said, wow, so you really won't put your thumb on the scale. Oh, literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyways, um, so he, he talked me into asking this guy for money and saying, you know, hey, we can make a ton of money, all these kids are smoking pot, and da 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 we laid it all out. So then, so I get a pound of weed. And I forget where we got it from, but we're, we picked it up and we're walking back toward the house. And 
there was a, a Midwood field was the big field in our neighborhood. It was a big football field with its high school team played and attached to it were handball courts and tennis courts, which we hung out at from time to time. So we're passing it. And my buddy says, Hey, let's, you know, let's hang out here for a little while. I said, okay. So here I am with this brown paper bag with a pound of weed in it. Oh. And we're there for like five minutes and the cops pull out. And it's like instant, oh my, how did they find out so fast? That's all I'm thinking. But it was a spot because it was very, a lot of trees and stuff. And that's where the cops kind of hung out a oh. little bit. So, but the instant paranoia of, geez, I, I'm busted already and I haven't even sold one dupe yet. <laughs> yeah. And long story short, we ripped the guy off for the weed money. <laughs> and my buddy talked me into it. He's like, oh, that faggot, you know, rip, you know. And I, said, I told him, oh man, I got bad news. He goes, what happened? I said, I was hiding the pot in a hat box in the closet, which was true. And I said, my mother found it. And, and, and she dumped it in the toilet and flushed it. Oh. He goes, he goes, wow. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I don't know how I'm going to pay you. Yeah. And he says, well, I guess it could happen. <laughs> that was it. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say, you must have a huge toilet. Uh, well, <laughs> for a pound a little at a time yeah you know, a little at a time that's funny that's so, not that a, that's rare story of a dealer just being like ah you know what we'll forget about it well no he was a dealer <laughs> he was the front man he just was i oh. was doing the dealing he just came up with the money oh yeah i was gotcha, like we talked gotcha. him into hey listen you lend me it's like the Godfather. Getting spotted my guys come to me i got this white powder you give me twenty five thousand. You could make ten times distributing. <laughs> that's crazy. So that's kind of how we talked them into it in a way. It's like, okay, you know, we need—I don't even remember how much it was, but hey, you know, we you lay this out, and you know, here's what your cut's going to be, and all of that. And to him, it sounded good. And I had, you know, I had all intentions of being on the up and up, but I got talked out of it. <laughs> I think everyone sold weed at some point. <laughs> I, steps of Brooklyn College. I went to middle high school. Brooklyn College is right across the street. Yeah. So selling, uh, you know, nickels, dimes, and or dubs. Yeah. It Probably was the number, great. number one college uh, occupation for people going yeah. through college, I would say. Selling bud. Listen, why not? <laughs> yeah. Supply and demand, baby. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking and listen, about. Pancho, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And listen, pot should have been legal, illegal. Sorry, should have been legalized years ago. Why? Wouldn't have made so much money. Mm. Listen, you know what? The money that they spend, it, spend it. The money that they spent, they spent. The money that they spent getting pot off the streets and such. You'd have been better off getting the hard drugs like heroin and coke off the street and rehab. The wasting the money on the pot. And again, with me, the gateway drug thing is an aside. But you know, pot in the in the overall big picture is a pretty harmless drug. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the countries where every drug's legal, and it's like if they're going to do heroin, whether it's legal or not, they're going to find a way to do it. So why not just make it legal? Uh, you know, that's a pretty fair point. I mean, was it Holland or yeah? And it's like has, the fifth safest country in yeah, the world, really? <laughs> so. and they have that. Listen, you know, the United States is so far behind everything. You know, whether it's you know solar, getting back to that. Or you know, progressive drug programs and this and that. It's just a, it's religion, man. <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, it's, it's just so far behind, and it's mm -hmm. not progressive at all. And yeah. it's a shame. Everything, the school system, the mm -hmm. government. You know, like it's not. They're not doing anything revolutionary. You know, <laughs> like every country, uh, they pick up slowly. That's what we're doing. Well, it's just way too far behind. And it stinks. We're the greatest country in the world. There's no doubt about it. Well, Trump's making America great again. I don't think he realized. 
I'm all for it. Listen, who wants to go to one of these shithole countries? (laughs) (laughs) You notice no one's leaving here to go there. I mean, listen, and that's another whole kettle of fish. And you know me, I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's not like he said, first of all, should he have said it? No, he's the president for crying out loud. I like Donald Trump. I didn't vote for him. I like him. Who doesn't like a guy who has a boatload of money and says whatever he wants to say? Who wouldn't want to be that I guy? Think that's the American dream. There you go. Is that a good quality in a president? Probably not. <laughs> no. Okay. It could he get us involved in World War Three? You bet. Absolutely. On the other hand, if it started somewhere else, could he properly defend us from it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you got that. You know, there are certain things I like about him, and again, I didn't vote for him. Because I just didn't think he'd make a good president. The president has to have some sort of stature. You voted for Hillary? I voted for Hillary. Even getting into, even when I went to vote, I wasn't sure who I was going to vote for even walking into the place. Mm. Listen, I voted for Obama twice. I Me mean, too. I couldn't stand to see another black guy without a job. So I felt an obligation <laughs> to vote for the guy. Again, just a joke out there. Don't send letters. Not that yeah. anybody's listening. <laughs> I might get an email. <laughs> from who? <laughs> I've gotten some. Really? Yes. I oh. told you, like 300 people. Okay. One of them has access to email. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, um, but, uh, you know, listen, should he have said, hey, they're shithole countries? Probably not. But the fact of the matter is, nobody's running from here to go live in those places. No. Okay. And they are shithole countries. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the big deal? And see, it's. People making it out, making him out to be racist because they can, okay? Yeah, these are third world countries that happen to be occupied by black people. Mm-hmm. And he called them a sh- he called it a shithole country. Or now automatically he's prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. Name me a country that's a shithole country with white people. I mean, besides this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it. England, France, Italy. Scandinavia, Norway, Russia. France. No I mean, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't said no, no, no. That's a yeah. shit old country, yet, have you? Yeah, yeah. So it's not the fact that he was racist in saying it. It just happens to be the people who live in that country just happen to be it's black, and they're shit old country. It's I don't think so though. Like what fuck? What's a definition of a shithole country? Like it's a listen. It's like a sh- what's a, a shithole? Like a shithole Africa's country. a shithole. I mean, Africa's not a country. Not a country. It's a continent. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Like a pe- whatever. Pick a pick a pl- part of it. That's a what was he saying? Was a co- shithole country? What part uh, of it? Like Haiti, I think was an example of yeah. one. No one's running from here to go back to Haiti. They're all coming here, and there's a reason for that. And yeah. these these countries, listen, you got no running water, the people are starving, there's no electricity, or what else kind of country is it? It's true. Look, from, from a bunch of guys sitting yeah. around talking about shooting shit, not really caring about and anything. And especially being Absolutely. white people is a different story. Yeah, right. But the, yeah, there's a, there's a level that needs to come with, with become. Maybe he'll get it right the second term. But there is a. But there is a. There is like a presidential. You like you can't say. Listen, rock, I agree, hundred percent. You're gonna call a crazy dictator like a rocket man from some shithole. Mm, again, pretty it, amusing. Don't get me wrong. But you shouldn't have said it. I agree, hundred percent. It's hilarious, and it's amazing. How, it's the wording. If he would have said these third world countries, it wouldn't have been a problem. But listen to me. People are looking for ways. To stick it to this guy, and sh- and they'll use any mm-hmm. little tiny piece of thread they can to sew all that up. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, so again, he says third world countries. Is he racist? No, but he used the word shithole. Now we can call them racist. It doesn't make, listen. You know, you've been around for a while. How many actual real racists have you met in your life? What, like a KKK member? Exactly. None. No, I've, I've, None. I can say this. I have yet to meet a full-on racist. Well, let me think about that for a second. <laughs> no, I am. Well, that's the point. If I never even thought po- pointing fingers, labeling everybody, this person's a racist. I, I haven't, I mm. haven't seen. Do now, do people actually? There was one. Okay. One I can. My mother's. My mother had a friend. He's passed away, and I liked the guy. He was kind of funny. And he was a big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. This guy was definitely racist, Just like a straight up dick, and definitely anti-Semitic. Okay, you know, a hundred percent, definitely. As a matter of fact, he tells he told me a story. <laughs> and I don't know how true it was or not, but he told me a story about the first time he ever saw a black person. And, you know, so he, I guess, um, how old would he have been? Or what year would it have been? Whatever year it was. His father's ta- he's telling the story. His father's taking him to the polo grounds to see the Giants. Mm-hmm. Okay, the San Francisco Giants used to play in New York, and they played 155th Street in the west side of Manhattan. So he says, on the train from Brooklyn, they're going up there, and a black guy gets on the train. He goes, I was so scared. I hid behind my father. I said, what the heck happened to that guy? He had just never seen a black guy before. And, you know, I don't know if he was saying that because it was true or he was just saying it because it's a good, funny story. But I always thought that this guy was racist and definitely anti-Semitic. Why? Why why do you say anti-Semitic? Because he would draw swastikas. That that'll mm. do it. That'll do yeah, it. That's a, that'll do it. That's a qualification. And that's that, one of them. Was it that one time he he locked you inside the sauna? <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, we're going to the pizzeria. You want to get a good look at the inside of that oven door? Oh, yeah. God. All right, these are just jokes. You know, no, I'm Jewish, I, oh, and it's man. just to be funny. I think you don't have. To, everyone knows at this point if they're still listening that. Uh, oh, someone might have joined late. Joke. Yeah, I'm sure they more likely would have left early. <laughs> well, the, the way these work, it's not live, so you could just <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, all right. So I don't know if you're up on this. You're you're uh, you did old school that. radio guy. I'm old school. I like live. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, we're gonna be live. We were live once. We did one live show the other day. Live stream. Oh, who was on that one? His name's Matt Weiss. He's a big uh, construction. He's in big into his construction field, but he's working on all different stuff. He has like this overseas. International, uh, what is it? He sells cell phones to other countries. Like Good countries I, or the shithole countries? Again, Only shithole countries. Only, there you Only go. Shit. Yeah. No yeah. one needs no one needs a phone more these days than a guy person in a shithole country. What are they going to go? Not yeah. going to order Dominoes. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> hey, we need water over here. Yeah. They they, <laughs> they postmate water like they uh, Uber Eats for water. Fuck. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got Uber. Don't eat. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, we got it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think like, are you a are you a believer of like if going overseas and like helping kids in Africa, like hundred percent, help the people in America first? The, those that, people. Yes. Listen, you know, this, listen. There's no doubt that this country has its problems, and I'm all for helping somebody else. But really, you have to start it here. There should be no reason in this country that if people living in the street, there should be no reason that people are hungry. So once once there's no people in the street, then we can go help other countries. You know, like that's never well, maybe gonna you happen. gotta share the wealth a little bit. You but know, like I, when, but, uh, listen, I where's the point where you're like, all right, now it's time to go. Listen, help. I'm well, not saying don't help them until this is done. I agree. We're the greatest country in the world, and we have to use that to help other countries. There's no doubt about it. 
but in some ways it's it's it you look at it and you say wow we just sent 20 billion to this country and this guy who fought in a war for this country is living in the street and ain't right this country has so much land you even just driving through Jersey. I mean, no one wants to live in Jersey, but I guess if he's living <laughs> on the street or it could be close second. I mean, you got to get to Pennsylvania. You drive somewhere. and you see all this land. And hey, listen, why can't you just take this money, build a little community right here, get all these people off the street? The government gives them a hand down anyway, whether it's Social Security, whether it's uh, uh, disability benefits, whether it's GI benefits, whatever it is, they got it, they get, they're entitled to it, take it, build this little community, round them all up, put it in there, make them a little self-sufficient. Hey, you could have, uh, you know, you a little garden here, or there's a, a general store where, okay, hey, you have benefits coming, and mm -hmm. here you just spend your benefits at this thing, and you have... Like a, like a shithole. Homeless community. <laughs> homeless yeah. community. That's right. They wouldn't be homeless anymore. Now it's just a community. A, a community form of homeless a people. A form of... No, now they have homes. <laughs> and, you know, listen, not, you know, listen, there are definitely people who are homeless who have issues, mm -hmm. for sure, but I'm sure there's just a lot of them out there who are just down on their luck. For whatever reason, family turned their back on, and maybe they had substance problems, whatever it may be. I mean, I could have easily wound up on the street. Yeah, yeah I was war say, vets, war veterans. There is a huge. You get percentage. them. You get them in there, and they 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 work the community themselves. They do the cleanup and all of that. You can't tell me it can't be done. And we definitely have the land. This is a New York here. We're so condensed. We're all packed in. Mm -hmm. Okay, but when you get out of the city and start driving north or south or west. Because you drive east, you'll wind up in the water. <laughs> uh, there's so much land. Yeah. And why can't you do something and build on that? The government, you know. Well, well. John F. Kennedy, right? A great president. They got Famous him. Famous quote. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You're not doing it right. So Ask not what you can do. All right, yeah, well, I got the wrong about accent. About 40 years too yeah. late. Okay. <laughs> but listen, listen, and hey, that's a very fair point. But, but it is because we were yeah. saying, why can't this be done? It absolutely can be done. But why are we, we can't wait for the government to do it. Yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. Someone's got to. And listen, you already know from experience, the one thing people don't give is a shit. It's true. People care about one thing themselves. You even talk about what we do with solar. I would love to sell this product based on what it does for the environment in the future. People could care less. Yeah. Unless you're showing them a picture. Listen, in 10 years, your kid is going to be walking around. You know how those Chinese people walk around with those masks over? That's going to be your kid. Is that what you want? Mm. Okay? You. That's not real to them. Mm -hmm. Just like because it, it, it's not real to them. Hey, your great-grandkids are going to have this problem. They don't care. Well, I'm not going to be here. Let the next guy worry. How we get all the time? Let the next guy worry about it. Well, we're mm -hmm. in the position we're in because environmentally because everyone kept saying, let the next guy worry about it. Let the next guy worry about it. People don't care. They care about themselves. I don't think themselves. everyone's like that. Dude. Not every person. Listen. If the, I'm not like that, someone okay. else is. The I, overwhelming I, I, majority. We keep going back to that, that people don't care. And I, okay. I wholeheartedly agree. People don't care. don't care. And as you grow up, you learn it more and more. No one gives a fuck about <laughs> you and your problems. If you're lucky, your mother and your father care. Listen. Other this, than that, you're not going to find it in the rest of your life. You're, Let, it's not... It's not saying uh, you care about my problems. It's everyone's problem. That some, In that opinion, in that state... It's not just my problem, mm -hmm. you know. 
I, I'm someone I care about it, so there's got to be someone else that cares about it. What are you doing about it? But what do you exactly like? I like if yeah. I if I have to go to the bathroom, I care enough to go take a shit. But <laughs> you know these big big problems. <laughs> okay, I, I see no, where that no, makes no, sense. Yeah, I, I moved actually. You know, because we can say what. I'm but here, listen, let me ask you a question: that, Do but, you care enough to let the guy walking in behind you? To give him a warning and say, bro, you might want to wait a couple of minutes. I just kind of blew up that place. Do you care that much? Uh, yeah. All right, very good. <laughs> Let me tell you about people's problems. 80% of the people don't care, and the other 20% are glad you have them. That's people's problems. Yeah. Now, there are, hold on. There are people, and you see it all the time, that go out of the Habitat for Humanity, all mm -hmm. these things. There are people who do care. I'm not saying nobody cares. No. But on the whole... People care about one thing themselves. Mm -hmm. If they can fit it into their schedule, Correct. there are people who do it. The religious people do that. Hey, it's part of their their um, association and affiliation with the church. Mm -hmm. They do these programs and stuff, whether it's the hot meals or the Mormons who are going all over the world to stop this and that, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, that's what it is. But on the whole... Okay, people care about one thing themselves. I, I can agree that, that collectively there is a compassion issue going on in the entire right. world. So someone has States. to step in, and it, it, and, and who's going to step It's the government. Because the government would be giving these people the money anyway. Whatever, better or worse, they're entitled to certain things. You're mm -hmm. entitled to a disability if you really can't work, and the government gives it to you. You're entitled to Social mm -hmm. Security benefits if you had work. Now, do I think the government could subsidize something? Absolutely. But I think the government's also incredibly bad at, at building and managing and running things as well. <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a horse of a different so, color. So, yeah, I think if it was like a private sector type thing. and then you Yeah, but then that you're talking about profit, and that's, that's, mm. that's where it also goes haywire. It's like, oh, we got to cut costs because we need to make a profit. Well, then there's non-for-profits as well, which make plenty that's of so money. Un that's so un-American. <laughs> they to make plenty of money. That's very funny. No, they, they do, but they're not allowed to you know hoard the rest of their money. It has to get reinvested back right. into it. Right, but the, the general... Populace is not going to do it, so no. someone has to spearhead this well, stuff. I think and, the, and we touch why we we elect these people. I mean, if you're voting, they're mm -hmm. they're elected to make these towns and mm -hmm. states and communities better. And how do they do it? This by projects. You know, you look at the way back to when the country was out of work in the depression and World War Two. You know, Roosevelt put all these projects together and got people working again. So that was the government well, helping you out. Know, victory gardens. There you go. That was people, though, in their own backyards. What's a victory yeah. garden? You know what a victory garden is? No. It, 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 people who had, um, during World War II, they made these little gardens. They, they with a, if, Correct me if I'm wrong, if I have this right. They grew vegetables or something, and they were just victory gardens, and they mm -hmm. added to the war effort in some way. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think it, essentially what it was is that a lot of uh, families weren't making money because the, the husbands were away mm. fighting in the war. Mm. So to save money, to build, you know, food for the community and stuff like that people grew their own food and again that's part of what i'm saying hey you build a community on a plot of land that's farmable and you get people in there the government has a there's an agricultural department for criminies say get these guys out of there True. okay and you and and you know or or make it part of an educational thing hey look you know we're going to give you four years of college for nothing but the next Four years after you graduate, you have to work in the public se sector helping out 
the underprivileged or however you're going to word it and have you going to yeah. put it together. And then once you've served, your college tuition is forgiven, and they can go and make a, a boatload of it money. It wouldn't really be a bad idea. Maybe you got to run. You could be president. Listen, I listen. I if Trump could, you could be. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good point. Yeah. Listen, I just look just again. I might not be the guy to stand on stage and tell the jokes, but I'm pretty good being the guy behind you be, writing the jokes. So we'll make you Secretary of State, you know? We'll get you up there, uh, behind well, the scenes. Uh, they're going to do a background check? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I read an article talking about um, giving everyone a universal income, like 1600 a month or something like that, 1800 a month. You hear about that? No. That would be cool. I would take that. Take every, Give every person... Sixteen hundred bucks a month or something. They figure and they they put the numbers out like how it would work and how where the money would come from and all that. Where stuff. would it come from? I gotta I gotta send you the article. I read it months ago. So listen, give everybody free health care. Forget the money. Yeah, well, Canada health care is free. I'm Maybe not to willing Canada. to move. You don't want to go. It's too there? cold. There's only one baseball team, and it's American League. I'm a National League guy. If they bring back the Expos in Montreal, I might consider it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny you said the Expos. I just was talking to someone about the Montreal Expos the other day. It was a good thing. I think it was Major League Baseball Network had a really good um, um, documentary on the Expos and the, the team itself and the fans and stuff. And, you know, for listen, for a while, they were really rabid fans and really into the team. An expose on the expos? An expose on the expos is exactly what it was. I think that's what it was called. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So what have, what have we covered? That people aren't really compassionate. Yeah. Every, this no is a cares. depressing episode. No one cares about your <laughs> fucking feelings. See, and you know what? I tell you, that's another funny thing about people. Listen, I'm an animal guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not this nut, this animal lover nut that some people are. That, you know, oh, listen, let's... Let's step over the homeless guy to help the pigeon that just fell off the statue. I mean, stop already. Well, why can't you help them both? You could, but they don't want to help Because no one gives a shit. What, what movie or show is it? It was about something about Christians. They hate people, but they love animals. It was something, something like that. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's just all those, they give all this money to the uh, to help the animals and so on. They won't do anything for people. <laughs> did you play any sports when you were a kid? Um, yeah, I did. I played uh, basketball for East Midwood Jewish Center. <laughs> and, you know, for the funny thing is, for the three years that we were there that I played, we never handed, had a two-handed pass. How's that? Well, because we were dribbling the ball with one hand and holding on to our yarmulkes with the other. <laughs> what a setup. There you go. See, you, oh, need a, you need a straight guy. You, you know, someone to deliver the straight line and then you can come in right yeah. behind with the joke. I got you now. I got to get that down. Look, it's Abbott and Costello. Kenny's always like to approach. Maybe you guys got to team rear. up. That's great. You guys team up. Do stand up <laughs> together like you lead them in. I have to be with Laurel and Hardy. You're skinny like uh, Stan Laurel, and I'm fat like Oliver Hardy. That's good. Do you know who they were? No. no. The Hardy Boys? God. Laurel and Hardy. Like Laurel and Hardy were a comedy team. Where, or, see, you know, people say, well, you know, you're so much older. You know who they were? You know, they were, they were, they were a generation before me. See, okay. I think in a lot of ways, you know, my generation is a little lucky, or at least me personally, that, you know, I was born in 62 and, you know, through, you know, the 70s and such that, you know, my mother generation before grew up in these black and white movies and stuff 
and turned me. As a matter of fact, I think the racist guy turned me on to Laurel Hardy, as a matter of fact, <laughs> if I remember correctly. And, you know, we got, I learned a lot of what I know about manners and behavior from old black and white movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't do some of this stuff. It's just, it's just so out of place. Remove, well, that's right. We talk about that. It's funny you pointed because I was knocking with a kid yesterday and the woman, I did the move, hey, can we stand right there? And as soon as we got in the house, I took my hand off and I looked at him and he's standing there and I went, take your hand off. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? I said, take your hand off. Oh, okay. And then the woman walked away for a second. I said, it's polite to take your hand off in somebody's hand. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, no one taught you. And the only reason I really kind of do that because I was watching these old black and white movies. You walked in, the first thing they do is they took their hat off. Mash, eh? Mash, eh? I'm telling you, see? Oh, it's good to be here. Let me take my hat off. <laughs> <laughs> shoes on or off? Now you take your shoes off, yeah. <laughs> now you take your shoes off. And, you know, the, holding the door for women, pulling the chair out, that kind of stuff. You, you, when, when women come to the table, you stand up. When they're at the table and they're going to get up, you get up as they get up and go. When they come back, you get up. It's all that, all that stuff is, it's to me, it's cool. It's great manners. Mm-hmm. And you look at these old black and white movies, everyone dressed night, they're in, in suits and ties and everyone's got a hat. You look at old baseball uh, footage or still pictures, everyone in the stadium is wearing a hat, whether it's, it's a bowler or a It's true. Little things like that go a long way. And it's gone. And, you know, I was, you know, lucky enough that, you know, between, you know, when my grandmother was alive and my uncles were older and my mother, you know, it was the uh, million dollar movie on Sunday afternoon. If it was raining, we were watching an old Humphrey Bogart movie or something. And these movies were great and they still are. And I love the old black and white movies. I like Twilight Zone. Black and white. Well, yeah. I watch those still. Yeah, they, yeah. There's so much realism there. <laughs> and, uh, but and I, of course, I love the Twilight Zone as well. But you know, all these, you know, a lot of what I know about manners and mannerisms and stuff, you know, I kind of picked up from those old movies. If you mm-hmm. are relying on today's movies for mannerisms, well, maybe you are because this is what you see. What I see out there, my God. But you know, you. It, I mean, you guys are, are nice kids. You yeah, know, I like you guys. But mm-hmm. you, when you, you know, I see. Internet and you know it's these videos and stuff. Where, where did you pick that up? Yeah. It, it started with MTV, I think. The same place you picked your the way you yeah, threw but it, it was. All, you're right, <laughs> but it's all wrong. It, to me, it's all wrong. I mean, listen, I know it's culture. What's right or I, wrong? Yeah, well, my way. Become, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people have become very self-centered. Of course, uh, and that's what manners in general are: is you acknowledging other people around. That's you. correct. It's not about you. It's not about your fucking hat. <laughs> it's just the way you know. it is. It was who knows why it was. You took that off and you went into somebody's house. Who knows why? Who knows why it started? And uh, but you know, to me, that's what it was. And okay, that's what we learned. And there you go. Stand up straight. So manners. So you're saying it's not polite. You know, like whatever. Take your hat off and stuff. Like, but isn't it just their problem if they take offense to it? Like the same way that you're talking. I mean, listen, certainly there are two sides to that you can, but, you know, personally, to me, there was, like I said, who knows what the reason was? It's just what the way it was. You mm-hmm. went into somebody's house, you know, you took your hat off. You know what it is? Those are, these are like cultural norms. And, and tradition, like, like taking off your shoes things. in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. cultural. Okay, I know what you're saying. And cultural again, norms. you know, we, but listen. I think the cultural norm here is it's America. You do whatever you want. You dress. Yeah, however but it was America want. back then when they were doing it. And to me, it seemed to be more of the right way. It was there was an elegance to it. Well, mm-hmm. There was more of a respect to it. 
that is gone. There's no elegance and this, anymore. This kind of ties into what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Is the family unit has been destroyed oh, in this country sure. as well? <laughs> and so with that, your your parents aren't there to teach you these things anymore. The, te- the television the teaches, television teaches you. you. Media. It's true, and they tell you what's right and what's wrong, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. That's correct, and you're learning it the bad way. As far as I'm concerned, because we learned again, learning it the good way was the mm-hmm. movies and stuff. I, we had channel. We had. Uh, Five channels, two, four, five, seven, nine, 11, 11 and 13. And we got 47 was the Spanish channel. <laughs> so I learned a little Spanish. Um, and that was it. And you just watched what was on those things. And a lot of it, because it was a lot of it was stuff, older stuff, movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s. And, you know, I still even watch them. And I'm like, wow, that was so well written. That was so well done. And next thing you know, you're watching a movie and they're cursing every two minutes. Not that I'm against that. I'm no shrinking violet. I love the <laughs> F-bomb as much as the next guy. Yeah. Again, as we talked earlier, provided it fits in the context. Yeah. You know? But when you see, you know, listen, it's the total disrespect toward women. And But even when you look back at some of those black and white movies, I mean, you'll see uh, Clark Gable slapping Carol Lombard. Okay? And it's like, wow. You know, and that's men back then heavy-handed women a little bit yeah and now in 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 the context of that it didn't seem so wrong Mm -hmm. but now to me it's like it's yeah it's you could say it's still the same thing but now it's just so more extreme Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean not you're not just giving her a quick backhand you're beating the shit out of her and calling a bitch at the same time it's like whoa yeah that's listen movies yeah and listen i've always said you never hit a woman no matter how much she deserves it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I love you, yo. <laughs> you never hit a woman. It's it, and you know there's. But they want to be treated as equals. Well, yeah, again, you know what? That's you know that's a whole other episode. But you know, it, it's you know it's the respect factor for other people, mm-hmm. and the, again, the, even the respect factor for women. And listen, a lot of women do things that you, you when you see you don't hit anyone. You don't hit a. Why do well, you hit yeah. a guy? What's the point? What is that going to solve? Well, depends. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in violence. Although I do believe first. in watching two guys who believe in it beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> if, <laughs> but listen, listen, listen. There's no doubt. When I was a kid, I got popped. Yeah. And I deserved it. Chances are, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but you know, listen, there's no doubt every so often you just like, I'm going to punch that guy right in the mouth. And chances are, if you're feeling that way about it, chances are he deserves it. You don't out of the blue say, you know, I just want to punch that guy. Well, there's some aggressive dudes, steroid dudes are out there. Well, yeah, but that's, like, that's again, that's not normal behavior. Mm-hmm, that's not, but mm-hmm. the normal person, I mean, you know, Sometimes, you know, a guy's mouthing off and, you know, he just has that attitude. It's like, man, I want to punch that guy right in the mouth. Yeah. And chances are, if you're feeling that way, he deserves it for some reason or the other, or another. Yeah. But, you know, the, the respect that people have for one another is gone for the most part. Especially, you know, I see the respect to women totally out the door, which is, I just well, don't Even, like, it. fighting and stuff like that, you know, I... From what I've been told, it used to be like you had a problem with somebody. You guys went outside, you had a fight, and then that was uh, the end. Pretty much, that, and that's where it ended. Whether yeah. you won, you are the well, losing side of the winning and side, now, and now it was over. Now be, it's coming back. No, now everyone's yeah, got to be Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. That's right. Well, no, there's cameras now. You can't do that. <laughs> well, you can't true. have a fight. They'll know, you'll know video. exactly who started, and then you'll get sued. I actually like those knockout videos. Every so often, they show up on my Facebook feed. Knockout. 
Yeah, like guys are beating each other up in the street. Oh, oh I yeah. Thought you were and talking. you see the little guy, the guy, by guys, big guys, when he clocks him a good one, and he's next two seconds. I thought you were talking about the, the knockout game. Had you yeah, seen me that? too. What's the knockout oh, game? Great. You never heard of that? A few no, years ago. There was this game where uh, there'll be people, and it was like old ladies too, like and all kinds of people just walking in the street. And in order to I get, do remember that. In order to get into fact, the yeah. gang, you got to just knock someone out without them seeing you. Come up behind them and just knock them out and run away. See, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. listen, that's knocking out an old... If that's the game and you're knocking out an old lady, that's pretty pussy shit. And who'd yeah. want a guy in my gang who all could do is knock out some old lady? Nigga, pick a big you, dude off the street and say, okay, you knock him out, you're in. You got to show how ruthless you are. Like, yeah. You, you see gotta, him over there? Yeah. <laughs> don't don't sneak up behind him and go, hey, pussy. <laughs> listen, it's I'm like... Gonna, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> it's like Donald Trump with this wall. The wall's not the right way. No. You dig a moat. And you fill it with piranhas and crocodiles and alligators. <laughs> and if you and if you can make it past that and get to this country, you can stay. I like that. It's like a video wait, wait, game, wait. like like Ninja Warrior or something. Like but they'll find obstacles. a way. They'll, they'll Listen, if you if you do it end to end, mm-hmm. okay. And there's no other way to get here mm-hmm. except that way. And you get here, you can stay. I'm just curious. Do they do they have planes in Mexico? They do, right? There are planes. Yes, there are. Yeah. Mm. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> no, they <laughs> built they built planes. the wall that high. Actually, really, I you can't. The airplanes can't get over the wall. Do all shitholes have planes? <laughs> I'm not sure. The good shithole countries have planes. I okay. think. Who's flying to Haiti? <laughs> but they still have the old propeller ones with Pepe the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> It's like just we're taking the rum and cola flight today, and oh, uh, God. <laughs> and I have a mar- mariachi music. I hate that. You don't like mariachi? Oh, forget about it. Forget about it. I'm a fan of mariachi. Wait, what? What exactly is mariachi? You know mariachi music, like that's the cockroach song, isn't it? What? How's that? No, no, that's La Cucaracha. I forgot. Yeah, different song. Easy. I have a slight cough, but it makes my radio from that vape. Yeah, you don't like this. That's, that'll kill you, man. Stick with the devil you know. Cigarettes, tobacco is the only way to go. Yeah, that's the right way. That's tar. Right. And you listen, you know, instead of buying cigarettes, you could be like Alex and just keep grubbing from just, just Yeah, just run up every... every uh, the only time I see Alex is when he has, he's out of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, where are you? Yeah. Uh, why? What's up? I'm out of cigarettes. Are I'll meet you, you in Comac. <laughs> 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 like he just needs one. <laughs> I got a Cuban cigar. I got from uh, wow. Danae and Jesse. Then they were in Aruba. Oh, yeah. And I say, you know what? Either bring me back an Aruban slave girl or a uh, Cuban cigar. Apparently, all I got was the cigar. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Have you? Uh, how are they? Have you... Usually good. I like. Listen, I don't smoke cigars that often. <laughs> I meant Danae and Jesse. <laughs> oh, <they> said... <laughs> but yeah. How's the Cuban? I don't smoke them much often anymore either. Uh, they're doing fine. I mean, listen. You know, they're one of my favorite couples. They're uh, they're they're very good. As a team, as a couple, for sure. Mm-hmm. They were definitely a good match. No, definitely they good they match. definitely complement each other very well. I mean, ever since uh, uh, Jesse broke up with Ma- Matt Marty, I think his relationship <laughs> with Danae uh, really took off. I actually have Matt Marty coming in in 10 minutes. Oh, do you really? Yeah, no, That's imagine, fine. I always liked him. Imagine, I liked Matt <laughs> that Marty. would be so good. Matt Marty was a... You listen, yeah, you know he's what? Funny. I don't know if it, he was parroting whatever he heard Jesse say. But even if he was, he came across with it pretty knowledgeable. And why he just didn't, you know, make use of that 
again, even if he was just saying everything Jesse said, it was pretty, it was pretty He remembered it all, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's half the battle. I mean, my memory is shot. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I don't write something down, I'm going to forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and your notes. Hence your that's notes. That's my notes. That's correct. <laughs> um, and uh, So they're doing good. You know, Door to Door was really interesting because it exposes you, too. You know, oh, that's for sure. Because Matt Marty, I can compare myself a lot to him. He had more talent than, than 99% of people in that office. But yeah. you guys know the, the adage, you know, what is it? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's correct. Yeah. 100%. That's, I agree. That's, that's 100%. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Silence. Dead air Dave. No good on I'll have, No, on here it doesn't matter. Marty, uh, I'm thinking of reaching out to him and having him on. Any idea what he's doing? Yeah. He, he lives in Long Beach with Rachel. Did you know that? No, he doesn't. Doesn't he? That's what I no. Who? That's what I hear. I don't think they, so. Then he lives living, in Long Beach, not with Rachel. Are they living they, together? Wink, wink. Or they're just living together. They're I don't, I don't think that's true. That's the word wow. on the street. Then really, word on the street. How, when's the last time you talked to Rachel? Oh, so then, <laughs> then how? Um, it's, you sound a week like ago? you. Probably, oh, probably that, like a week ago. Oh, and sh- that's not ask her next time you talk. I will. To her. I will. She was supposed to come on, but uh, she never. Uh, really? Yeah, she never gave me a day. I don't know. She sent me a text actually right before I came here. She was really upset that I didn't text her. That you were coming. So now on. I'm putting you on blast on podcast. Radio. Yeah, th- go for it. It'd be like the rumor on the street. Rumor on the street is word on the street. I guess is uh, you guys are living in a apartment together in Long Beach, but maybe she just moved. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, who told me that? Uh, Kafa. Dan, you know Kafe? Remember Kafe? Uh, no, no, no. What the fuck? You I just know. got a paragraph. It's a book. I just, I'm looking at a book too. I was going to announce this because you're here. Oh, wow. This is the text, the official resignation text of the other co-host. Oh, no. Yeah. He officially resigned. Yo, my man, podcast is all you. I ended up so far out at this point. I just don't feel like I'm even a part of it anymore, and it's not fair to you to keep wanting to be a part of it and be this out of the loop on it at the same time. So it's all you. Hope you continue to treat it well and hope it does end up blowing up. Wow. And there's a lot more, but I'm not going to read it all. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe that's the your entry. A little segue into uh, yeah, what we're doing now. Dude, I'm down, bro. We're teaming up. Apparently, I'm already booking people. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, no, I sent like literally got Those off the YouTube? phone. The other, that guy's Sunday. definitely down. Yeah, uh, Robert Kassar. I looked him up and he is uh, out there. Oh, they, dude, his but nickname, that's cool. His nickname is Doctor Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't think I'd go <laughs> to him for January like a th- transplant. Oh. He was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you got to just pick a day again. <laughs> I'll check out the calendar. Yeah. Plug sweet. it in. I mean, you, you're letting these people into your home. Are you having them like background checked or? Uh... Yeah, we do drug tests yeah. and stuff like that. Make sure. Someone once asked me about that. But I don't leave them alone. It's like, how are you going to steal anything yeah. in my house? I mean, you this know? guy lives on the big island of Hawaii, so he probably won't be coming here for the week we sit there. Yeah, we're going to Skype it. Oh, yeah. you Skype. Oh, I see. The I big... mean, you mean I didn't have to be here? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> do you play poker, Joe? I like Texas Hold'em, yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, we should do it. You, know, you realize you were at the last poker game I played. I know. Every time I've seen Kenny since, he's like, thanks for inviting me to that one poker game. <laughs> I'll tell you something. If I didn't get it, 
I tell you, if I didn't get a contact high from that poker game, there's no such thing as a contact high. Say. That's for sure. Yeah, you had poker games. They were smoking we had, like we had, crazy. We had a poker game. Yeah, there was a lot. Oh, that's my it. poker technique. Is I get so obliterated high that you have no. You can't idea tell. How can't I'm read them. <laughs> and then people just hate me because I'm just smiling like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You can't t- can't read. Got to read on them. Wear the glasses. You know, you're all set. You I'm know, down for some poker. I bro. would love to get well, one of those, those green see-through visors to play poker with. Yeah, that just popped into my head. <laughs> one thing that I love to have on is a World Series of Poker. Like I just leave that on whenever it's. It's like yeah, a, I watch. For like it. A, I enjoy watching that. It's for like a month, I guess, of the mm-hmm. year. But like I just always put it on when it's on because that guy's voice, whoever the announcer is, the play-by-play dudes. I don't even. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? One those? guy is an Van Patten. That sounds right. And uh, the other guy is. Uh, they, they, the other guy, the the one that's really animated, you they know, do, they, it's pretty good shtick. Yeah, I really love it, and it's I love it playing the background. I do that with golf too. Golf is real relaxing for me, like to listen to it. Yeah, what's enough? I ever want to fall asleep, I'll listen to a, on golf, a Catholic yeah. priest Tennis. sermon or turn on golf. Yeah, my yeah. my father always says he's oh golf's coming on. I'm like okay, that's downstairs. Time. <laughs> Come downstairs like two minutes later. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I guess if you're into the game, it's like you know, people say saying baseball's so boring. How could you stand it? Say, yeah, it's your preference. All right, that's right. You know, if you like it, you know, it's, you don't find it boring. Mm-hmm. There's the nuances to it that you know you're watching and looking for, and that's it. Well, there you go. And baseball, as you all know, is the greatest game. I think we've covered it all. Do you know the first line of the Bible is a reference to baseball? How's it go? What's the first line of the Bible? I don't know. In Alex? the beginning was the word. And the Speak word. In the beginning. That's it. In the beginning. In the beginning. We scored three runs. So there you go. In the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Beginning. Oh, wait. Did you make that it. one up? Holy God. You heard that? No, I heard that from somebody oh, else. Okay. Yeah, it's a stolen joke. So you have a good memory, too. You had the Matt Marty memory. Well, you know what it is? It's the funny thing is the reason. I What back, you want to remember. Well, that, well, that's partially true. <laughs> Way back here is all the stupidity and stupid jokes and nonsensical things I've got and have heard and learned or read over the Mm -hmm. years. And that as a situation comes up, they bring themselves forward. There is, I forget what joke it was. I told a a week or so back and I said, after I told that, I said, you know what? I don't even remember what it was. I haven't told that joke in so long, but it was just something that happened and it brought that up. Yeah, it sparked it. It's like when you hear a song, you remember where you were when you were listening That's to the song. It's like it just sparked <laughs> it, brought it right back. You just contagious coughed me. That was good. <clears throat> you know, when you see someone yawn. What? You want you use my handkerchief? Yeah, you have one? Yeah, you're, you're such a gentleman. Who said that gentleman you know, exists anymore? I have a handkerchief. Yeah. I thought they were guys had suits. They had a handkerchief in yeah, there. Right? A woman was crying. Here you go, my dear. People used and to be so nice. They used to carry around pieces of linen that had snot in them in their that's, pockets. That's <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, those were the days. The good old days. All right. Well, listen, had I known those were the good old days, I would have had more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So... Maybe the best days are ahead of you. Huh? Maybe the best days are ahead of you. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Do you? <laughs> you could. You're 100% right. He's looking at you with this conviction of you young. 
young man. I think See, that's why, again, uh, once again, it's the good old days, not the good old future days. Oh. But you don't know what can happen. Now, now here's a you question. Know, like, Do you know that they're good old days while they're going on, or they only become the good old days in they, hindsight? Okay, you yeah. think of in hindsight. You so, just don't know. This, so, we could literally be... This you could be you one guys of, could be in it. It's over for me. This could be one of the good old days right, right now. It's over for me. I don't ever... I don't. No, it's not. I love how people like give up on life before. Yeah. I'm not... Listen, hold on. I'm not giving up on life. You're not going to find me swinging in the closet tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. But listen, you know, the future ain't what it used to be. <laughs> oh, I always take a second to get your jokes. <laughs> They're so quick. He's good. All right. I think so. That was we're coming up on three hours. I think we've said a lot. I'm sure you still have a lot you more know, to say. You know, it doesn't seem like three hours. How crazy uh, is that? More like six or seven. Dude, I looked, <laughs> I, looked, I looked down on my phone. I was like, really? How yeah, is it possible? Amazing. It's 1030. It's we went into a time warp. Um, all right. So I like to end the shows. I don't know. You said you've never listened to a show before. but No, I'm, we- <laughs> I'm going to listen to one show of mine when I go home. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it, it's, it's very rare that you could do something on a platform like this and individually thank every individual listener. And with your permission, I'd like to do that. Go for it. Hi, Ma. <laughs> Beautiful. No, we like to end the show like you, if you, um, I think you probably, I could probably guess what we're not going to sing something, are we? You, yeah, we each, we get into, we sing a mariachi music song. Um, we um, like to end it where you, if you pretend the world was listening, pretend the world was listening. What would you, what is like something that they have to know that you need to tell them if they're listening for whatever amount of time you can talk for? Interesting. What was yours the other day? It was just, it was something like along the lines. You and Bobby had something similar. I think we just, we hit, we, we harped on how everybody just needs love. I you know it. what? I'd like to teach the world to sing. In perfect harmony, grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to see the world together, standing hand in hand. Is this a speech? I'd like to buy the world the Coke and keep it company. That's what I got to say. <laughs> I love Beautiful. it. <laughs> Where is that from? That was a Coca-Cola commercial. Oh. Google it. It was a famous commercial. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Google it. Okay. They actually brought it back Wait, can, uh, can recently. And they, you and they recently... <laughs> And they recently kind of like redid it. It was a very famous commercial for a long time. Listen, if I could say one thing, the whole world listening, in all honesty, is let's just get It's cliche. Can't we just all get along? God bless. Mm-hmm. You do your thing. Let me do my thing. Everyone's happy. We'll just do things. That's right. And From my shithole to your shithole. <laughs> That's correct. I don't care if you're trans. And it doesn't make a difference to me what a man does for a living, you see. You know, it doesn't make a difference to me. As, as long as your interests don't conflict with my interests, we'll be fine. Godfather. That was Godfather. Which Godfather? <laughs> the, only, the first one. The only one. So Godfather 2? I mean, Godfather 2, is, people say it's better. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a preference. And I've heard some there people say There it is. That's the commercial. Yeah, this is what I'm, I'm going to play. That's where you go. Let's, let's pump it up. Play us out. I'm funny.
I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with That's right. love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. <laughs> I just want to say before we go about that commercial, there was one black guy and like 150 people. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I bet two thirds of those hippies have diabetes today from drinking all that. <laughs> yeah. they? It's funny, the one black guy in there. Hey, here's an interesting question What was the name of the black guy in the Jetsons? Oh, God. Um, I can't remember any Jetson name. There, I don't, I don't I remember don't, there even. Yeah, was there? I don't think there was a black guy. There was no black guy. Ain't the future great? <laughs> All right. Once again, it's a joke. Wow. No we other like the, We'd like to thank <laughs> Kenny Lee for cutting, yeah, no, <laughs> cutting down the like sit down demographics by 50%. <laughs> you've been, you've been you such see, a gentleman. There it goes. You brought it up. You said the one black guy in the commercial, and immediately that brought a joke from way oh. back here. Yeah, you probably haven't said That's that good. one in a no, while. No, I probably said it last week. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just a fun, the Rolodex is there, and it spins and it stops on <laughs> yeah, just where it's excellent. supposed to be. All right, so to sum everything up, thank you, Kenny, for coming on. You're very welcome. It was great seeing you guys. Yeah, you definitely. Too, and let's do this again soon. I would it. love to have you on. But not too soon. Give me a chance to miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to have you on more. I mean, if you're up to it, I don't know if you have sure, horses listen, at night. I had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Groucho Marx. And, no, of course, anytime. It's this is fun. Okay. You know, I like you guys. It's just we're shooting the breeze, and yeah, exactly. people can cool, eavesdrop man. on it and say, "Who is this idiot they got there?" And <laughs> yeah. I hope it doesn't decline your viewership or your listenership. You had no viewers because it's fuck them. There you go. I hate my viewers. Now listen, Alex. <laughs> tell you, tell you, tell you build an audience. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. my <laughs> viewers. That's right. Yeah. Are you guys listening? Are you listening? <laughs> And we're looking for um, uh, advertisers, as a matter of fact. Yeah. If you, oh, God. If yeah. you'd like to be heard this one by... This be good for sponsors. If you want to get your message out to three or four people, this is the ideal platform. This is where you go. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to sell something to my mother in Florida, yeah. <laughs> I can buy some space on this. Get her. She, she, she oh, would benefit. Man. All right, I, All right. You have any, you want anything you want to say? No, I'm just happy to be back. We're going to be working a lot together, so... Boom. Big things coming. Big things popping. Uh, Kenny, you yes. want to sign us off. Hey, we're off. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope the show made your day a little better. If you enjoyed it, I ask if you could take a couple minutes and please subscribe, leave a review, and a rating. It helps so much more than you know. If you want to contact us, go to weeklysitdown.com and connect. And remember, guys, follow your fucking dreams.